Live. Give me a Mike and this is what in the what happened he was there a minute ago I swear <laughs> but anyway I am your host Mike Yusnick and I would like to say hi to everybody in the chat for stopping by and of course I'd like to say thank you to our guest David Rattenberry for joining us hey how's a, it going I've got, I've got an empty seat what yeah I mean <laughs> he disappeared in the like 40 seconds your thing was on because he was literally right there <laughs> he he had to take a phone call. So I, I love I love the singing voice of your intro music guy. Um, that is I forget which singer. I think it was their singer Jason. <laughs> Psalms of Silence went through a lot of uh, singers, <laughs> and and you can't tell. <laughs> no, no. You know what? I that's I take that back. It's just, you know you should we should love all music or not even love all music. There's there's music for everyone. That's, I'm just uh, I'm just out of touch. I'm just out I, of touch. When I first got into hard rock and metal, I wasn't into that style. But the more I got into it, I'm like, man, it's hard to sing like that. Yeah, <laughs> like it's complicated. Hey everyone, everyone's saying hi to me. Hi, this is cool. You you have a fan base. <laughs> yeah. So and, you, and it looks like all ten of them are here. <laughs> I had a fan base, but the guy died. <laughs> yeah. I always, I, I always, I always joke about like I'm, you know, I'm uh, like if it's if it's like a really obscure album or something. Yeah, I'm one of the guys who bought that album. Uh, I don't know where the other guy is, but I haven't spoke to him in a while. But yeah, we bought it. <laughs> of uh, obscure albums, uh, do you have the stereotypes uh, single? Because that's a very rare one. I don't. I did look for it online. Um, or is this or is this some sort of joke that there isn't a single and I had to you have to buy the album? I was like No, there is a single. It's the most expensive punk rock single around. There's only three copies left. Wow. Because um couple got broke. Um <laughs> I have a feeling I need to look up some uh and go, hey Lily, how you doing? Um the Stereotypes just released their debut album 40, 42 years after the release of that single. I saw that, man. You know, it's it's interesting. I've been having many a discussion with various friends of mine that I, because um, I've never really done uh, the whole, I mean, I used to play professionally. I used to play uh, like just like bars and clubs as like a jobbing guy. I, basically, if you go to a bar, I'd be the guy in the corner playing Sweet Home Alabama and Fleetwood Mac and all the, the stuff you hear in every bar. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, there came a point where I just didn't want to do that anymore because it got to the point where if I had to play Mr. Brightside one more time to, I, I just, I just didn't enjoy it anymore, you know? So I went to, I kind of crossed the fence and went into selling guitars and doing behind the scenes stuff. Um, ended up with like getting involved. Well, I mean, I've known him, I've known him for like 16 years, but I ended up getting more professionally involved with this guy in Sweden who monopolized a lot of my time in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of one of those things. So because of this, me and a few of my friends have been talking about maybe it's time I actually go back, uncover the stuff I did when I was a teenager and finally release something. So between me, uh, Robbie Miller, who you know, uh, a couple of other friends, um, we're gonna, this is the year. There will be something from me this year. And so there's even no, if it's one song. So there's no confusion. We were talking about Robbie Miller from Canada, but actually is English, not the Australian one. No, there no, is. not not no. See, I couldn't I couldn't get the Australian Robbie Miller. He was, you know, I like he just he left me on red. He left me on red and I must not be that important. I, I was trying to get Robbie Miller to interview Robbie Miller. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I would I would come and co-host that with you. That'd be amazing. Can't afford to record. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling us about how uh, certain guitars got discontinued due to the pandemic. You want to talk a little bit about that? Oh yeah. So essentially, um, it, it's not so much that they got discontinued. It's just certain guitars get put on hold because, of course, with the whole pandemic situation, a lot of factories were shut. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the reason that guitars are in shortage right now, I mean, every, a lot of people are, are saying, are like blaming the brands and, and criticizing the brands for not having the product available. But when you, if you think about it, if you make anything in the world and then you shut your factory for three months, there's going to be a gap somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, all that stuff you would have built in those three months doesn't exist. And they're doing mm -hmm. a really good job of catching up. But there's just some guitars. So the example I was talking to you about wasn't, discontinued it was just pushed back uh gibson announced a usa version of the epiphone casino and um because that's made on the same machine as their 335 which is like a flagship model they were like well that's kind of more important because that's one of the models that everyone wants including mm -hmm. me um we need to devote all our time to we need to devote that machine to be helping us make those Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they are all pretty hand-built. I'll tell you which machine it is. It's So if you know on a 335, you've got, um, it's like curved. It's like two mm -hmm. pieces of, of wood curved with an edge. Well, the machine that um, makes that curve top and back is um, <laughs> Daniela. I love it when Dave shows his hair. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> take a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. There you go, a bit of that. Um, and, for, those and that don't, you, for those that don't know, uh, Dave is actually uh, a real-life South Park character. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, yeah. So Gibson just needed to dedicate that machine to um, the pressing machine that presses out, that puts the curve in the wood mm -hmm. to making those things because they're pressed out the same. Um, and yeah, as Anders is saying in the comments, um, this affects the used guitar market as well. Of course it does. Because mm -hmm. if you can't buy a, a Gibson 335 or a Mexican Fender Stratocaster in shops because they've run out, the people selling them secondhand can ask so much more for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, I'm, you know, I am actually looking for a 335 myself. Uh, before the pandemic, you could get them for 1500 to 2000 secondhand. 
now the cheapest one I can find is like two two. Due to supply and demand. Exactly, Anders is right. You know, that's like uh, like I told you before we went on the air. I worked at a uh, truck stop and we was running out of certain types of cigarettes because certain uh, factories was shut down that was making the foil that went in them. And yeah, like, it's, it's always the things you wouldn't think about. So like, so right? like that. So they're like, oh yeah, we can't sell you. It was hundred packs. You said, yeah, hundred so like, packs. Yeah. yeah, so we can't do hundred packs anymore. And you're thinking, oh why? Why is that? Why is that? And you would never think because the the foil wrap that keeps yeah, they... it fresh is, <laughs> is right? a bit, you know, you think it's... paper or something that's more important, <laughs> or, or, or you think it was something that was actually part of the cigarette. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't think it was. Um, yeah, you wouldn't think it was like the foil paper that just sits between the box and the cigarettes. There's so much we don't think about that goes into making things. Making I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something about my hair, which you will find, which you will find great. So it's, it's kind of, it's died again now. It's, it's kind of getting back to normal, but a few weeks ago, so because I've been wearing the hat for like 18 months now, mm -hmm. um, pardon me. I, I kind of grew my hair, not long, but long for me, it kind of got to like here and I would just press it all back. And I just decided one night, well, no, it was probably about here, probably came down to my eyebrows. And um, I used to just push it back and put the hat on. And I decided one night about four or five weeks ago that I wanted an undercut. So it was nice and comfortable around here. Mm -hmm. You know, so I got some, uh, I got some clippers. Uh, in fact, these very clippers right here. And I, I shaved the sides and back. And I walked into the living room and my wife took one look at me and burst out laughing. And she said, and bear in mind, it was kind of like brown and brown and gray. Frankly, it was brown and gray at the time, you know, before I dyed it again. Um, she said, you look like a cheap Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> so she took me back into the bathroom and then she kind of tidied up the edges. But it's a bit of a mess now because I'm wearing the hat, but it looks, it looks kind of, you know, you should have kept it that way. That would have been hilarious. I, yeah. <laughs> you, you just, you, but you need to buy some tigers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, un unlike Joe, I would, I wouldn't buy an animal if I couldn't look after it, but that's another story. <laughs> Did you hear about he's trying to keep himself relevant now by asking for pardons every chance he gets? Um, I heard he hired a limo and it was waiting outside for him on Trump's last day, hoping he would be one of the like outgoing pardons. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard about that. You'd yeah, think if like... anybody would have pardoned him, it would have been Trump. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what's what's great about Trump though is, is is what's great about that whole story is Trump doesn't give a shit. Like it's like what it's like it's, it's like I'm sat there thinking, Joe, did you honestly believe he cared about you? Did you honestly believe that you even crossed his mind that day? Trump thinks about one person, and that's Trump. And that's Trump. Yeah. The, the, the most recent thing I've heard I have people, the best thoughts. What I hate, though, is when people uh, blame presidents and political figures for shit beyond their control. Like right now, people's complaining about the rise of gas. I get it. Gas prices rising sucks, but you tend to forget that there was a pandemic going on. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Get ready for an Englishman's for an for an Englishman's uh, opinion on gas prices. Wow. Wow. Well, well, well that's Go. like we had um, we had a guy by the name of Juice on here. He's also British. 
he was he, the whole time he was on here. He was impersonating the prime minister and Boris, Boris. But how's come you guys, whenever you get a leader, it's the same leader we have, but British. I did notice that. I did notice that. <laughs> Although when you had Obama, we had a middle-aged white guy with a fake eye. So it kind of went off, off a bit then, you know. I think you guys were behind a little bit. We... <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it catches up. Yeah. No, see, the thing about gas prices, which I find hilarious, is, I mean, I was in, I was in a department store in... Um, Actually, I won't say where because you'll take the piss. But I was in, uh, okay, it was Beverly Hills. Right? I was in a department store in Beverly Hills. And there was this guy there talking to my wife. She was buying some Ugg boots or something like that. And he was asking us about England. And he was saying about how, um, like, oh, in, in LA, it's so expensive to, to drive because you need to car for work to get to work and back. And he's telling me about how expensive gas is. And we were like, okay, so... I was talking about this with Vic about six months ago. So this is kind of the most recent view. Um, our, a liter of our fuel, it basically worked out that to, that to fill a tank costs me 60 pounds. Now that is in dollars. That's about $80 to fill my tank. Jesus. Yeah. So, um, and it kind of works out like you're paying like less than half what we do. And the majority of ours is tax. Like the, the tax on petrol here is something crazy, like 60%. That's insane. I, I, it, I, I, it is, yeah. But it's, it, it's been like that since for years. I mean, I don't actually know what the actual figure is. I'll look it up in a bit. But, but yeah, the, 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 the tax on petrol is um, petrol, cigarettes, and alcohol have very high taxes over here. That makes mm -hmm. me glad I only ride a motorcycle. My my mom in the chat said that uh, her car only takes eighteen dollars to fill up. <laughs> yeah, Eight, eighteen dollars would just kind of get me to the first notch past the E. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's just it's funny though now that I'm thinking about that because every time we complain about our gas prices, people in Britain's like them sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. I would I would if if they dropped our gas prices to what yours are now I would shut this computer down take some jerry cans and I would be down that garage now you know what I mean <laughs> they did they it did fall to like um it did fall to like 1 pound a gallon recently um why do, why do they call them pounds do they weigh a pound or do you know I don't know that I actually don't know that um but but it wouldn't surprise me. They don't weigh a pound, obviously. But it wouldn't surprise me if that's kind of the, the origins of the word are in the same mm -hmm. thing, you know. Or if it means something else, because there's a lot of things in Britain that mean different shit than here. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, the, the meaning of pound here is is very much the, the same, you know. I know what you mean, though, about the, um, the difference between words and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean... Um, yeah, some of them, some of them are kind of cool. The one I'll never understand is faucet, but judging by the, um, I think by the structure of the word, it might it probably comes from French. Mm -hmm. Sounds French. Yeah, that's like I grew up listening to George Carlin, so I always question the English language. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're one of the few Americans that does. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. The English language is the hardest language. To understand be because uh, like 
there's words that should rhyme that don't. And then there's the words that yeah. sound the same, but they shouldn't, you know what I mean? Or there's mm. the, or there's the words that spelt the same pronounced different. Then there's the ones that are spelt the same, pronounced the same, but two different words. Like, yeah. So, so the ones, so, the, so that's a, so that's, a, I believe that's a homonym when something is said the same. Yeah. Um, or is a homonym. Yes. Cause a synonym is something that means the same and a homonym, I think is something that sounds the same. I don't know. I, I, it's a long time since I went to school. So <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I don't have the education for this. No. What, what's funny is, is it, when you type it, it doesn't make sense when you talk about certain things. Like I was telling a friend of mine, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go play the bass. They thought I was playing a fish. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's B A double S. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so lately I've been seeing online that you are moving, but you, you right. have this little setup in your living room. And... <laughs> Good spot. <laughs> so that is, um, that isn't in the living room. So, so basically this is, we're staying at my in-laws house at the moment. So um, what we did was okay. we, to make the whole process easier, we put all of our possessions in storage and we mm -hmm. moved in with um, my wife's parents just for a few weeks. It's been more than that now, but just while we kind of do the transition. And that was for my birthday. It was my birthday a few weeks ago, and I collect Lego. Um, I would love to show you it all, but it's all in storage container somewhere. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my 30-second birthday present from my wife. It's a giant. And that's not even the whole thing. There's a big T-Rex that comes with it that's bigger than the gate. That's crazy. And also, if you th if you look, you notice you have it set up so you can still watch TV. You just got to look through it. <laughs> That's that is exactly. In fact, I think that photo is from my wife's Instagram because I know Kathy follows her. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and that was that was the point of the angle. She said at least at least Dave set this up so I can still see the TV. <laughs> 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 what would have been really awesome is if you were watching Star Wars at the time. Kanak, <laughs> Kanak, just pointed out it's a homophone when something sounds the same. A homonym. Uh, uh, yeah. Homonome. So, so two words that sound the same but are different. A homonym. A homophones. Oh, I thought so. at first it said uh, homonym and homophobes. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, homonym. Homonym is uh, is is the gay white rapper from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> my, my name is Homophone. <laughs> oh, Renny, what which, what Harry what Harry Potter Lego centerpiece have you got, Renny? <laughs> so, Daniela, so, I could do stop motion movies, but they would take so long. <laughs> I don't have that sort of time. So um, I know we are both Star Wars fans, so you'd be proud of what me and Tony accomplished. We watched all of the movies. Episodes. All the episodes in well, all six three of them. days. In three all days. Nine of them. No, not six. nine of them. One, <laughs> four, five, six. Yeah, one, it goes two, one, four, five, six, uh, <laughs> and then either, and then either, and then either seven, seven, nine, or seven, eight, depending on how you, if you want the story to fit together or not. So we watched all the episodes. We still got to watch like the solo story and all those Rogue One and all that. But, but we watched uh, one. We watched it in in order. One, two, not release order, but one, two, three, four, five, six. I like me, to. Me and my wife did in January. We did Empire, then Jedi, and then we went back to one. Got back to A New Hope, and then she went. 
got to carry on now, though, really, haven't we? So we did Empire and Jedi again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's crazy is, is those movies are great, but the plot twist, the best plot twist in cinema history is a spoiler. Everybody knows that Vader is Luke's father. Everyone. <laughs> I, you know, I will always I will always remember whenever anyone talks about um that plot that plot twist and people finding out is the bit in the Simpsons where Homer and Marge are like they haven't had Bart yet and and they're coming out of the cinema and he goes I'd never have guessed that Vader was Luke's father and everyone in the crowd just goes mental and everyone in the queue goes mental what what drives me nuts I'm gonna rant a little bit about Star Wars right now a little bit oh here um, we go <laughs> Is this what we're doing? Yeah. Let's <laughs> rant about Star Wars a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I think the best thing that could have happened in the newest trilogy that came out is if in Rise of Skywalker, she go, uh, Ray goes and sees that freaking throne, turns around, and it's, I've been here this whole time. And it's, it's Jar Jar Binks. But as a Sith Lord. It certainly couldn't have been worse. <laughs> No, do you know what? To, to be fair, to be fair, the, the eight-year-old kid that still lives in my head um, absolutely loved Rise of Skywalker. I went to see it on opening night. I got the midnight tickets. A bunch of us from work went. And um, basically, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. It was lots of space people fighting with lightsabers and Emperor Palpatine was there. Zombie Emperor Palpatine. At, like That's like a cross of two of the things I love the most. And um, AKA Pappy Dubstep. Yeah, Pappy <laughs> Dubstep. Yeah, I love power. it. I love it. So, so, yeah, but then the further I've gotten away from it, and I watched it again, like when it came out um, on home. Well, not DVD anymore. Who does DVDs? Um, but when Did it you came get out, Blockbuster to get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alaska is a pretty long way. Um, no, they and, shut them all down. Yeah, no, I I know, but there was one in Alaska for like five or six years after Blockbuster disappeared because they're so remote they can't get streaming. I think it has closed now though. But there's one in Oregon still. That's the only one still open. Oh, I thought it was. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, continue with your Pappy dubstep story. Oh yeah. So um, basically, (laughs) but the further away from it I've got, I've kind of gone. Actually, there's a lot wrong with that film in the sense that. Like, if Palpatine lived anyway, then Vader's whole sacrifice at the end of Jedi means nothing. Like, Vader turned on his master and, like, basically ensured his own death as well to save Luke. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, but 20 years later, Darth, he's like, he's, he's still going anyway. So, you know, you, you didn't need to have done that. If, if, I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, though, the, there was a comic book back then that covered that he survived. Yeah, well, yeah, there was. That was that was, and can of worms time, man. That was uh, Dark Empire. That was in ninety two, ninety three ish. And yeah, the idea with that is they kind of it's kind of the same. Uh, some of the cloning cylinders, and of course, this was before the prequels came out, so the clones weren't the clones that we know now. Mm-hmm. They didn't really go into what the clones were, but he'd kept some of the cloning c- c- uh, cylinders that he took from. The clone masters, who were the opponents in the Jedi mm-hmm. clone master uh, clone wars, um, and kept them in his personal archive, which is in a mountain called Mount Tantis on, I forget, in that Wayland, on a, a planet called Wayland. 
we started this, Mike. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm like, <laughs> Let's do this. What's, yeah. what's harder to believe, that Palpatine survived or that Boba Fett survived? See, again, now, now to use my own argument against me, um, <laughs> the Boba Fett thing, they brought him back in the expanded universe very early on. So mm -hmm. we've had a long time to get used to the idea that he could survive. So I think that's why Boba Fett surviving has felt easier to stomach. It's because people have always kind of kind of known that in a, he survived in a spin-off somehow. Whereas right. Palpatine was like, oh, apart from that one spin-off where it turned out he was a clone anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's cool. Yeah. Well, well, if Darth Maul can survive... <laughs> Palpatine can survive. <laughs> I mean, Jackie, sorry, sorry, cut you off, man. But Jackie Cole, we're talking about Blockbuster. She's just said, um, I love going to rent movies. And we were talking about this the other night. I think this yeah. is a great discussion as well. Think about all the things that younger people and kids will never experience. Renting so, a movie or a video game. But not only renting that, think about the whole thing. So, I mean, you know, the concept of renting still exists. You go on Sky Store, you buy a film for two nights, and at the end of your 48 hours, it would exactly, this, this is it. At the end of your 48 hours, it expires. So the concept of renting is still around. But yeah, as um, Rene said, you, um, you go to a video store. It wasn't just a film. You would go to the candy area and, mm -hmm. um, and, and like, put some popcorn on your order. But the thing that I really brought up was, do you remember when each store would have a set amount of copies? And if you got there and it was rented out, you'd have mm -hmm. to join a waiting list. And then as those copies got returned, when your name came up, it would be your turn. So if a film came out in like May and it was like a really popular one, like Star Wars, you, unless you got there on the day the thing opened, you might not be renting that until like June, July. I was uh, watching. The I did that with Blade. I was watching a documentary that covered this, and if you get a chance, watch it. It's called The Last Blockbuster. They actually went through what caused Blockbuster and all these businesses to go out of business, and it wasn't streaming. Plot twist: it was not streaming. What happened with Blockbuster was back. Let's go back in time before VHS tapes were readily available. You had to go to a movie theater and pay ninety nine dollars for a VHS tape from yeah. the movie, from the movie theater. So like long Ma before me. Yeah. Yeah. So mom and pop places would buy like star Wars and shit from the movie theater and then rent them out, but they could only get so many copies because it was so expensive. Then blockbuster came around and popped a deal with the record, the theater companies because the theaters tried suing and said that the companies are within their rights to rent. So, Blockbuster came around and said, hey, we pay only $6 for this movie, but you get like 40% of the profit. So they're like, yeah, sure. So Blockbuster had unlimited copies and ran mom and pops out of business. Because they would go to like cities and be like, hey, we're going to build a Blockbuster next door. If you don't want out of business, become a Blockbuster, still run it like a mom and pop shop and get like... 60% of the profit. So they did dirty business like that. Well, in 2002, a guy came knocking on their door and said, Hey, 
I have this idea. We're going to stream movies. Would Blockbuster like to buy the idea for $40 million? And they're like, what's it called? And they're like, Netflix. And they're like, get the hell out of here. So they kicked the guy out of the office and Netflix ended up coming out to be this big thing. Well, yeah, but what was what was really interesting, and I, I'm sure you're old enough to remember this, Mike, mm-hmm. up until like very recently, like the last five years or so, mm-hmm. Netflix, you would still actually go online, choose yeah. what you wanted to rent, and they would mail a DVD to your house. Yeah. Well, what's... <laughs> What what yeah, is? Yeah, I whole... saw that with Nick. <laughs> Beat a max tapes. Well, well, what is hilarious about the whole story, and it's kind of sad, is Blockbuster was actually getting ready to make their own streaming service and do what Netflix is doing to try to compete. But you might remember the 2008 stock market crash. Oh yeah, that Blockbuster had to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy because they couldn't afford to start a streaming service, and they took themselves out of business. Yeah. How bad how bad would you be shooting yourself in the ass if you're like, hey, I could have bought Netflix when we still had money? <laughs> yeah, but, then, but then at the same time, it's easy to say that in hindsight. At the time yeah. Netflix was shopped to them, Netflix was a mail order DVD service. <laughs> you, you, what? You, uh... <laughs> what the hell is that? That's your new puppy, right? Oh, look at that. I'm trying My... to help I'm trying to help you puppy shop. I heard that uh, you you need to get a puppy. Yeah, my, my wife wants a puppy. She really wants a puppy. Well, here, here's one. I think... Uh, oh, look at that. <laughs> I got one. I think uh, th- this one might be related to Ryan. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. Just 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 put a hat on it. Just put a hat on it and it let's pull. It's amazing. Actually, it, it looked it looked a bit more with the, with the long with the long hair. You know, I, I don't... I don't know who that is. David Coverdale, maybe. I think it's Lexi Fox of Steel Panther. <laughs> with, with the hair over one eye. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Oh, but man. Do you want to continue ranting and raving about Star Wars? I think I like this conversation. Here's one that one of my... Com- I, 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 yeah, no, you go for it. But let's, but let's not get to the point where everyone tunes out because we're just being three angry nerds. <laughs> you could just call us Brian Posehn. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything to me. But uh, yeah, Star Wars that drives me nuts is, I guess, now Disney. Has Kathy just raided my wife's Instagram? Is that is that what this is? Yeah, she's back there. <laughs> she's back there popping up pictures from the I wife. Don't post anything. <laughs> <laughs> I tried going through your Instagram, and all I got since you're, I know you're proud of this photo, so we are going to talk about it. Trent Reznor. Oh, dude. Yeah. That was a That's, great show. That's a great. I've never seen Nine Inch Nails yet. How was it? Uh, well, I've seen them a few times. Um, that one was cool. Uh, I can't remember who they were touring with. Basically, what happened there was that's the only time I've ever done concert photography, mm-hmm. like proper concert photography. I've done like a couple of local bands just because I had a camera with me. But um, the Nine Inch Nails one, my friend was running. It was when I lived in Nottingham, England, um, and uh, my friend was running like a local interest blog. And she kind of got in touch with this person who could get like photo passes and journalist passes to things. And she was like, oh, if there's anything you want to do, I'll get you a ticket, but you've got to write me a, a review. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I said, so I said, oh, I love this band Nine Inch Nails. And um, 
And she would be like, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. I, I don't really know anything about them, but as long as you actually write the piece afterwards, I'll get you a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just thought, yeah, I'll give it a try. And I did. And they actually gave me a photo pass. So I just got down there with a camera and I must have shot like a hundred photos and about five of them came out really well. <laughs> That's what <laughs> photography is like. You know, even the best photographers will tell you, you know, you don't see all the ones that didn't make it. I've been friends with photographers. I've dated a photographer and I've seen them take like over 300 photos and only four of them they really used. <laughs> like, like, damn. So it's always the way though. It's always the way I remember. I, um, I've got so normally in in the room you used to see me in, um, in the room you used to see me in when I go on online, there was black and white photographs on the wall. Well, I took all of those, mm-hmm. and um, there's one of the Palace Theater in downtown Los Angeles, and there was literally about a hundred different. It froze. It froze. I think we lost you, Rhett. Hold on, buddy. Let me get ready and bring you back on. This happens when you go live. You there, buddy? You froze, Rhett. Hey, Kath, you want to try? It's worse now. It's all black. I'm just sending him a message. Okay. Um, I'm going to remove him from the stream and tell him to just come back on. Okay. Accidents happen. This happens all the time. That's good. It's all good. I went ahead and kicked him. Just tell him to come back on. Yeah, I've told him he's frozen. He'll be back. Oh, my I God, fr- i got a cat now. No, don't stand on the keyboard. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was just us because he froze once before, and I noticed the whole screen froze. Oh, really? But, but this time, <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, it's him. <laughs> we lost him. He's not online but, at the moment. He'll be back. He'll be back. But, but. While we are paused right now, we do have coming on the show on the 5th, we have AC Slade of the Murder Dolls, Dope, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, and of course the owner of Cat Fight Coffee. Have you ordered some yet? Uh, I'm going to order some probably today. Does he ship to UK? I don't know. He he might. It might cost a little bit more. Can't and- cost as much as shipping Jaffa Cakes. <laughs> <laughs> How much did that cost, just out of curiosity? What, one one fifty pence packet of Jaffa Cakes? Yeah. Um, about £12 something. Oh, damn. <laughs> and oh, on look, a- that's and my on- mom. <laughs> and, and, on, and on April 12th, we have Lynn Ruth Miller. Have you seen Lynn Ruth Miller's comedy? I haven't, no, but we could be related because my maiden name, I was saying it to Robbie the other day, my maiden name is actually Miller. So the scary fact is I could be related to Robbie, but I'm probably related to her because I look more like her. Um, no, Suzanne said she played at um, the Peel Sessions, which is a, a place that she's going to start doing um, gigs at come May. They do kind of acoustic shows. And she said she was on there, but I haven't seen her, but I'm looking forward to her. She was on uh, Britain's Got Talent. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, so when she's watching zombies, I missed it. When she sent me an email, uh, I'm not joking, the email did say... Hi, I'm Lynn Ruth Miller, and I was uh, told that this would be a good podcast for me to be on. I am the oldest touring stand-up comedian because anybody older than me can't stand up. And and I just started laughing. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) I'm I'm impressed, though. At 71 years old, she started stand-up comedy. She just started? Wow. No, she started about 10 years ago. She's 87 now. What? 
Yeah, she's about 87, I think she said. Holy crap. And she's hilarious. Wow, I'm looking forward to seeing her. Oh, she, I've just tried to call Dave, and he has gone online. He didn't answer, so I'm hoping he's trying to log himself back in. It's good. This happens. That's why we uh, – yeah. I don't worry that much anymore. What happens, happens. It's live. Absolutely. He, Here's an actual photo of him right now trying to get back on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I you know, the way he's looking at that phone, I don't think there was anyone who was more obsessed with staring at their phone than me, but clearly he is. <laughs> I just thought, at first I thought he was staring at the milkshake. <laughs> no, he's hiding no. the phone. What's he up to? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So if anybody wants to uh, follow um, Dave... Uh, you can go ahead and follow him on Instagram at Davy Rocks, or you can visit his website at davidrat.com and see what he's up to nowadays. Mm, mm. We'll find out if he comes back on. We might be yeah. nerds and bitch about Star Wars a little bit more. <laughs> no, no more Star Wars. Like I said, the last one I saw was Bloody Empire Strikes Back. I've only ever seen the original ones. I have no idea who these people are you're talking about. Hey, Kath. So old. If you if you come out and visit us, we are having a Star Wars marathon. Ah, only if on the next night we can have a Walking Dead marathon. Sure, I'm okay oh, with I'm that as long as we can watch Negan. I I uh, you'll have to take a cup. You'll have to take a couple hits off my uh, vape pen, and then we'll watch uh, Star Wars. Okay, I'll bring some absinthe. Oh, hello, Dave's back. Dave's back. Yay! Look who joined, hey. Kathy. Right, Kathy. Okay, bye, Kath. <laughs> <laughs> accidents happen bro it just froze so, on us i guess no i tell you exactly what happened the the wireless router for the whole house just turned itself off oh damn you're a little like, laggy still but it should work itself out yeah it's it's just coming back online so i should be i should be fine um so what were you saying before we were rude, rude, rudely interrupted by technology interrupted by by skynet um <laughs> I, I think maybe we were about to uncover some great, great truth about the universe and it cut in. So, um, yeah, that was that was my can't hear you, bro, moment for the show. It, it, this is how the elite censor us. If, if you Google the answer to life, the universe and everything, it just pops up the number 43. This is how the this is how the Hollywood elite. 42. Us. 42. OK, I, I'm I'm ahead of the curb. 43. Yeah. Oh, so, so you kind of found uh, no new information. Hey, Anders, how's it going? Um, I can't remember what we were talking about now. We, we've kind of lost the train, but, um, according to, uh, Kath, we've talked too much about star Wars. So no much nerdy shit is what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so can I say, do not use my internet. <laughs> can internet's bad, man. Yeah. I had, wow. I had, I had him on here one time and I think that guy lives on the toilet. Because, because, because he it always looks like he's on the toilet. So hey, we actually have another guest stopping by. You might know this guy. Uh, he's from Australia. No, wait, he's from Canada. Yeah, that's where he's from. We've got uh, we've got, we've got the Robbie Meta. Hello, Robbie. <laughs> <He's a> little... <laughs> How you doing, brother? How's it going, everyone? Good to see you, Mike, Tony. I don't think we've ever met, but nice to see you. Um, I don't know if Kath and Ash are somewhere, but good to see you guys. Dave, I was about to say, crack a joke, like, it seems like I've only spoke to you about a minute ago, but that'd be more 
the truth than an actual yeah, joke. Yeah, we, we do have a permanent chat going. Because, <laughs> like, I will be on my phone in my living room and my wife will come in and she'll be like, Dave, and I'm like, yeah, Dave. And she'll be like, okay. So yeah. what's going on in Robbie's world? We've been talking with Dave for a little bit. Let's see what you've been up to. Well, I am, I'm in Canada and um, I it's finally becoming, well, I feel like we're very close to spring. Um, there's still snow in my back garden, but I can finally go for runs again and uh, not slip. So that's quite nice. Um, it's, about, it's about 13 degrees today or a I, little I bit higher question. maybe. I have a question. Yeah. What what's what's going for runs? Explain this to me. What's going for? <laughs> <laughs> you had me for a second. I'm like, did I say something wrong? Or like, <laughs> is he doing a bit or something? But when he said the runs, I thought he meant something else. I'm like, somebody's been having too much Taco Bell for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I've, so I've been trying to get Robbie on here, but he's oh, like, I'll only come on if somebody else is on. So you finally go. <laughs> Which, do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's good to be on here, but I also bounce off really well with Dave, and um, we we tend to uh, yeah, we just we speak all the time, we run ideas past each other, um, and yeah, it's good. So it's good to be on with Dave. It's also good to be on with you guys, and also I also want to say um, I was just listening to the new Stereotypes album this morning, and uh, I just want to say a really really big well done to Ash for that. Um, it's really, really great. So everyone should go check that out as well. The stereotype still has the most expensive record with their debut, with their uh, first single. Should they have called it Chinese Democracy? <laughs> the new <laughs> album, yes. <laughs> no, you, you should have called it Chinese Democracy because you probably could have released it before. Except that, the stereo you know. stereotypes record was actually good. <laughs> Uh, no, do you know what? It's a great album. Chinese yeah, Democracy is a great, great album. Chinese Democracy is the best Axl Rose solo album I've ever heard. Uh, come on, <laughs> come on, come on, come on. I I kind of feel like both. It is a great album, but it's it's an Axl it's it's an Axel and the Roses album. Um, uh. but, but you know, um, well, you know. Uh, no, no I think I think I think I think Chinese democracy. Honestly, I think there was no winning with that album because I think if it had come out and sounded like Appetite for Destruction, everyone would have just been like, "Oh, it just sounds exactly. like Appetite for Destruction without without the guys." And if it came out sounding like nothing like anything GNR had ever done, which is what did happen, really, <laughs> everyone just was like, "Well, it doesn't sound like Guns and Roses." It's like there was no way to win. I feel an Axel situation and. I really like that album. I think there's yeah. some great tracks on it. I, I think it's good. I mean, and, and the thing about it being an Axel solo album is it meant we got Bumblefoot on guitar, Richard Fortas on guitar. Was Bucket Richard Head. Fortas? But was Richard Fortas on the album? Did he I, did he actually track the album? I think he did. All oh, right, okay. He was definitely. Bucket, didn't Buckethead bu make it on the album too? Oh yeah, yeah Buckethead plays definitely plays part. Not of very good. It's not song. very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Buckethead is the only man that can release a hundred albums in like an hour. Have you looked at his Wikipedia page? Have you seen how many albums that guy's released? Yeah, he released like four hundred in one year. Yeah. What I love about yeah. this comment is Feddy, if you skip it every time it's in your music player, why haven't you deleted it from your music player? <laughs> Everybody yeah. has that album. 
Yeah, but but interestingly, we were talking about earlier about like time and and the way things change and whatnot. Now we all all of us here remember when Chinese democracy was a running joke. Like, oh yeah, that'll never happen. Like, oh yeah, that'll happen when Chinese democracy happens and all that. That'll happen now, when Tool's new album comes out. <laughs> well, Tool's a good point because Tool took a, took longer. So uh, Chinese democracy was announced in '94 and came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. So what's that? 14 years. Mm-hmm. 2008 was 13 years ago. So mm-hmm. it's nearly as long since it came out as it was. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like I do. Album you... that never comes out is actually been out for a long time now, like a really long time now. I can't. Good. Good. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, I can't remember what Offspring album it was, but they were about to. Um, I think it was Splinter. It was one of the you know the later ones. They were, they were gonna, gonna call it. Yeah, they were gonna call it Chinese Democracy. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Metallica had a pretty good stint of time between Death Magnetic and the new one, didn't they? Yeah, a little bit. Like, I think oh, it was. Wait, so... I thought Death Death Magnetic was a great album as well. I think it was. Um, I thought the mix was a bit off, but it was a good album. Death Magnetic you know was what? better. Tony, you're the second person that I've heard say that, and <laughs> now that makes me wonder. I obviously have no idea what I'm talking about because I thought it was well, great like, sounding. When you, listen to, but, when you listen to it, it sounds like everybody was just like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to push everything to the front. It, it, has, <laughs> it, has got a lot of, um, it has got a lot of the loudness compression on it. Well, was yeah. it Death Magnetic or was it? No, it was definitely that album because I remember, I remember it coming out and I remember listening to it and thinking, man, this, was, this is awesome. And then I, um, I heard that... Um, the mixing engineer got blamed because the kick drum was distorting all over the whole album, and then the mixing engineer was blaming blaming the guy that mastered the album, and they just went back and forth and went back and forth, and then everyone was unhappy, and it was just. I meanwhile, I was thinking it was great. <laughs> I, I, I love Death Magnetic because it wasn't saying anger. <laughs> And that's another album that I feel like I should really revisit because I think I jumped on the bandwagon with that one and was just like, ah, oh, it sounds terrible. But but was it good? Was it was it for the right time? You know, was it was it meant to sound terrible? I, I, I know that sounds really. I know, no, 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 no. I know that sounds. No, I I mean like for example, um, I someone I was talking to mentioned that. Um, the Slipknot album where um, after Paul Gray died, mm-hmm. you know, the bass player. The Gray chapter. Apparently they undermixed the bass on that album on purpose. They and justice that album? <laughs> they what? They did an and justice on that album? Yeah, and justice well, for all. Yeah, well, because it's got no bass. But I think I think apparently they, they really did undermix it for like, because it was like almost in a tribute to being like, we can't fill these shoes right now but we need to release this record. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but at least, you know, on the other Metallica albums, you can't tell that the drum's not in time. But on Saint ah, Anger, come on Saint Anger, you can tell. Has anyone has anyone watched that documentary? The um Yeah. Some I haven't seen it. Yeah, is it good? It's pretty good. You yeah. can see Lars and James have a temper tantrum. Throughout <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I just saw clips. I just remember seeing clips of like Lars in a in his like dressing gown or bathrobe, just like in the middle of a studio having an argument. So is he like being Ric Flair? <laughs> Amy. 
So uh, I watched this one documentary. I don't know if it was that one or not, but it was Lars and uh, James was standing there with Kirk and they were listening to a uh, tribute band that was in like this, like it looked like a storage building and they're standing there and James goes and checks them out. And then he comes back and he's like, Hey, uh, Lars, go check them out. And they're really good. And Lars disappeared. And James looked at Kirk and was like, that's the first time I've heard our music in time. What's wow. <laughs> hey, here's something out. for you. They were going to kick Lars out of the band until Cliff died. I went to, um, I went and saw a band in, um, in Oregon. I just moved to America. We were staying with um, some family and there was a tribute band night. And I looked at the lineup and get this, right? It was, first of all, it was a band called Oakley Doakley. Have you guys heard of this band? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's Oakley Doakley. They're all dressed as Ned Flanders and it's like screamo. So yeah, I was yeah. like, okay. That's my $15 alone. I'm quite happy with that. But then they had this other band um, who were supporting them. And I kind of felt it should have been the other way around because this other band have been around for like 20 years prior to Oakley Doakley. But they were called Beatallica. Have you guys heard of Beatallica? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. They're Spring a Beatles Bell. Metallica. Yes, I have heard of them. Yeah. And instead of Hey Jude, they have Hey Dude and uh, and Blackened the USR, USSR. And all of these amazing songs, and um, I couldn't believe it because I used to like listen to that band, and uh, and then they were playing just down the road from from where we were staying, and it was Oakley. It was actually three bands. It was one called Black Drag, which were a black flag tribute band. Um, but they all dressed as women. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. And then it was um, Beatallica, and then it was Oakley Doakley. Have you ever heard of Macaulay Culkin's band called The Pizza Underground? Yes. And they do they do Velvet Underground songs. Yes, that's but, right. But they change all the lyrics to be about fast food. Have you? That's heard, right. Speaking of that, have you heard of Max Sabbath? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> great band. What was great about the Macaulay Culkin's band? They played a show in Nottingham, and he actually got bottled off the stage. Yeah, I think <laughs> I heard that story too because they were going to come to it my hometown at Esquires afterwards, and I think the tour ended, as, as far as I'm, I'm aware. I'm not, still, probably that. still not the worst tour we've done, eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, Dave, what? I've I've got a question for Dave, if that's okay. all right, man yeah. of the hour. You're a guitarist, Dave. What would you rather? Would you rather play a terrible guitar? And I'm talking like an ironing board. With, I know the answer. I think we've discussed this. An ironing board with like terrible rusty strings, you know, hammered in with a nail. Yeah. Or, and you get to play that for the rest of your life. Or would you rather play a handmade boutique 10 grand guitar? It'll be the best thing you've ever played, but you get an hour on it and that's it. And you can never, oh, ever, ever, ever play, we never, for. ever play guitar ever again. I mean, are we literally saying like an ironing board with strings or, or can we make it a bit like realistic, like a, a Squire Affinity Strat or something like that? But there's nothing, like a, but, but, but there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with Squire Affinity Strats because they are because no, but you, but you have, guitars are good now. No, you know? no, but I know they're good, but you have to like we, we have to actually like find a, a, a point. A, mi a middle ground. OK. Yeah. Play on one of those old shitty Sears Roebuck guitars. <laughs> yeah. In which case, I would rather have a guitar that worked, but was but was shit, like like a catalog okay. guitar, and okay. keep that for the rest of my life than get to play. I mean, I've played quite a few cool guitars. I've played um, 
I've played a 59 Les Paul. I, I've played wow. one of the named ones. One of the ones, like, if you see in magazines, there's a, a guitar called The Beast, which is owned by a guy called Bernie Marsden. Yeah. Um, that's 59 Les Paul. I've played that. Uh, the Flying V that Gibson have just reissued, the blue one of Hendrix, they've made, like, X amount of copies of it. limited edition. I've played the original. Um, wow. But badly, I must say, because it's left-handed. And I, I actually have a photo um i don't know that i actually have it accessible here now but i have a photo of me in the basement of the hard rock cafe in london with that with that flying v and i'm wearing um you know the white sunglasses that kurt cobain wore in those photos yeah mm -hmm. I, i'm wearing them he had a really small head it was really tight but yeah <laughs> i've got that photo somewhere i well, saw it recently go. but um no. i don't have my hard drive plugged into the laptop so i can't look it up <laughs> now everybody knows that Kirk Cobain had a small head. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm updating Wikipedia as, as we speak. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's not like they could tell afterwards, is it? So since we do have Robbie here, we actually do have a little uh, trivia that we were going to do if you oh. want to join in on it. If you want to join in on it. Kathy has all the answers. I don't want to pop up the questions because then Tony will know the answers. So, Kath, if you want to be in charge of the question. <laughs> really? I send them to you. <laughs> yeah, but you I Yeah. Oh, I found it. Oh, he's got it. Go on, let's have a look. So, there you go. So, there is, hold on, hold on. There is Hendrix's Blue Flying V um, <laughs> and me wearing. Uh, I, I can't get the focus on it. Posh camera and all that, you know. But, yeah, so that's, that's me at the age of 18 with, with the original. Hendrix guitar and Kurt Cobain's white sunglasses. Oh, wow. oh, there you go. You can send me that photo if you want, and I can pop it up. That'd be a religious experience playing on his guitar, wearing Kurt Cobain's glasses. <laughs> well, he said he said that he messed up the song, so it'd be realistic. <laughs> <laughs> well, but let, let's let's do some trivia. Do you have the okay. questions? But by the way, before we get started on this topic, there's been a lot of comments that right. um, uh, will we do another Cribbia? Will we do another Cribbia? Mm. The short term answer is no. And I think I'm right in saying that, Robbie. We all sign, we all sign a contract. Yeah. So did have, Motley Crue. We've got yeah, this contract <laughs> more, than, <laughs> more than the crew. However, and, and I kind of, I mentioned this earlier, like in passing, but I think with Robbie here, he can confirm or deny this. Um, no pressure, Robbie. We have decided oh boy. Uh -oh. when the restrictions are over, if Robbie comes back to England, we are going to try, and it is try because we don't know what our schedules will be like then, and get the three of us in one room to do Cribbia with the three of us. Oh, and, hell yeah. And, and, and to make it happen, we've opened a PayPal. Um, <laughs> I, 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 quite, I personally quite like to fly business class, but I will... <laughs> Take economy, it's no problem. And then I'll fly over. Oh, that would be so cool though. <laughs> so Caribbean's so good. Cool. You gotta, cha you gotta change the name. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get there though, I'll get there. My mum will be like, when you're coming over, I'm like, I'm too busy, mum. I've gotta make God do music Caribbean. <laughs> I've gotta go and do a YouTube video. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen my family in two years, but that's okay because I'm gonna do Caribbean. <laughs> Why don't we do it at your mum's house? We should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everyone just come over. It's totally cool. She'll be cool about it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, be, I bet she makes hot coffee as well. To, to be fair, Listen, though, Robbie, 
To be fair, we, we did that exact same thing to your sister in 2019. We That's right, just, yeah. We all just ended up at your sister's we, house. We, like just handed, we just handed the eviction notice and we just crashed. That's yeah. right. There, yeah. Was, there was me, Robbie, Roxy. Uh, a dog. There was a dog, dog lane, around. A dog. Yeah, the dog. A dog. Yeah. Obviously your sister and Rick. Yeah. Um, who else was in there? Rob, uh, Rob Lane was in there. I'm Sean to... was there. Sean um, was there, yeah. And we all just yeah. kind of descended on her house for a few days. Yeah, it was great. What about this trivia game? What's going on? Yeah, go on. Oh, oh I'm sorry, Robbie. I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I mean, it's just such a fascinating story. Hey, hey, hey Robbie, you're Canadian now. You have to be more polite than this. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure am, buddy. <laughs> sorry. I, pra I practice my Canadian accent all the time, by the way. A boot. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a funny one. Yeah, I love it though. Is it weird yeah. being in Canada and having your accent in Canada? Like, do you get looks? No, because um, basically, I used to live in New Hampshire, and um, I don't know if anyone knows this, but New Hampshire isn't exactly the international hub of the world, and they're not very used to uh, accents in New Hampshire. So, on a daily basis, more than you know, you might experience if you were in LA or you know New York, something like that. It would be people be like, where are you from? Where about Australia are you from? Where about New Zealand are you from? I always was, get Australia when I'm in was, California. It was this all the time on a daily basis. And then I remember once I went into a, you know, us three would call it a petrol station, but I went into a gas a station, station and I went in and um, I put my zip code in. You know, sometimes you have to do this extra security thing. You got to put a zip code in before you can get the gas on, on the machine or whatever. So I did that and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. So eventually I had to go inside to like prepay for the gas and then um, and then go back and fill out. And I went there and uh, the lady was like, I said, yeah, I put in my zip code. She was like, I said, it's not working. She was like, oh, OK, no problem. Yeah, I can I can do that. I'm she really like, glad this is more fascinating than my story, by the way. Well, it definitely is. <laughs> she, <laughs> she said, whereabouts, whereabouts are you from? And I said, um, I'm from England. And I didn't really think it was much of a, a problem because like, I got you know asked that on a daily basis and she said oh that's why your zip code isn't working on the machine <laughs> and i was like no i live here and it's not yeah working. yeah Can i'm I not putting in my english postcode <laughs> <laughs> so, so to answer your question i live in the capital of canada and uh, there's plenty of brits here there's plenty of all kinds of accents here so it's not as um new hampshire-ish since you, since you mentioned uh, Australia, me and uh, Dave was talking about a uh, guest for you on Can't Afford to Record. You need to get the Australian Robbie Miller on Can't Afford to Record. <laughs> yeah, I do. I actually DM'd because you tagged us in a thing and I actually DM'd him and said, look, do you want to do this? Uh, do you want to like do something? And he was like, yeah, whenever you're ready. And I was like, yeah, I think the world needs this. And then he just left me on red and never got back to me. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Try, 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 it, try, try it again, because the rat wants to uh, be part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The problem I, I, is, I would, I just, I'm just going to sit and watch. The wonderful thing about the Australian Robbie Miller is he, first of all, is really good at songwriting. And he's really, really handsome. So if I, if people ever accidentally find him 
when they're trying to find me, it's not really a bad thing because he's <laughs> he's kind of a heartthrob, that guy. So they're, they're gonna message you, be like, You write great music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, we really want to interview you, please. Yeah, no problem. But let's do it with the cameras off. <laughs> but Kathy, you got the go question. Go on, Kathy. Go on, Kathy. I got questions. Anyone want a question? All right. Okay. Um, I don't know how you want to do it. Now there's everybody here. Everyone can just take a guess and we'll get we'll do a point for right answer, yeah? Well, okay. okay, well then, shall we, shall we like, shall we confirm when we've got the answer and then you kind of go to each one of us one at a time? And then whoever yeah. gets the, gets it right, gets a point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds fair. Okay. I just dropped my pen. Ash, can you Are you keeping okay. track of the points or who's keeping track of the points? Well, and, I thought you did during the quiz that I was keeping track of the points, but I'll do both. I can multitask. You're already doing the, you're already doing better than music trivia if you're keeping track of the points. <laughs> yeah. You guys are whose line is it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> so who's playing is it robbie versus dave robbie versus dave versus tony yeah it's it's what? all of us it's all four of us because i don't know the answers either i just copy everyone's pasted. welcome cool okay questions, so. right number one. Oh boy what was the most these are all facts from the guinness book of records what was the most number of guitar strings changed in one hour it was by me I you're right. This is multiple um, choice, so you're going to be okay here. Okay, multiple. <laughs> right, 153, 226 <sighs> on 97. Can I can I have a follow up question? Are these are these sets or are they individual strings? Does yeah. it say? You're asking strings. a guitar question to me. <laughs> individual strings, one person. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I think it's individual. Yeah, I'm guessing. We used to do. I'm thing. going with the highest. Uh, I'm going to go with the highest. I'm going to go with 153. 97. I'm going to go with 153. I'll do 153 in my sleep. And the correct answer was 226. One point to Robbie. Wow. It was Thomas Silkman at the Flint Hills Music Emporium in Kansas on April 20th, 2018. He needs to practice more. <laughs> yep that'd be great now does it say that it was done right were they locking tuners because then all you've got to do is put it through the hole and snip it so yeah mm, yeah kath have we got can we <laughs> yeah can we can we validate or confirm this? Yeah, yeah. Can you, can I don't know anything about guitars, Robbie. <laughs> Hello, it's just Guinness. It's just Guinness. We need some more. You know, they were all I done on Floyd's. Jaffa cakes. That's my expert area. They were all done on Floyd's. That's not very different to my expert area, to be honest. What's the, what's what's the next the... question? <laughs> question two: What is the most number of guitar rotations around the body? They didn't give a time on this, so I don't know. But the most amount, mm -hmm. I'm going to go with something like twenty. Okay, you have a choice of twenty-eight, cool. thirty-five, <laughs> and seventeen. I'm going to go for thirty-five. I'm going to go for thirty-five because you said there was no time limit, and I just think someone would just mm -hmm. keep doing it until they got, you know. Okay, 28, 28, 28, 35. 17. You say seventeen, and we have a point for Mike, and we have a point for Dave. It's 35. Wow. It was Adam Hudson in North Carolina, April 28th, 2018. Cool. There you go. Next Man, one. 
people get bored quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Was this during quarantine? We're about to break it. Live on air, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it before quarantine? Okay, Jesus. Okay, so, so, Robbie, the first one, the first one to stop, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's see it. <laughs> hey, hey, Robbie, have we, got, have we got matching guitars again today? So, Kanak says that the uh, changing of strings was done on a uh, Floyd Rose bridge. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, he would have said pure bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> What is the longest duration for balancing a guitar on your forehead? On my forehead? Seriously, this is a world record <laughs> in the Guinness Book of Records. So, is no, it? Kath, on let, let my me, forehead? Let me just work it out. Let me just work it out. <laughs> Come on, let's give it a try. <laughs> no, not with that one. Is, is that it 45, like 45 minutes, 75 minutes, or 35 minutes? I've got to go 35. 75. Oh, <laughs> 45. 45. Robbie's right. 75. Come on, minutes. man. It's the Guinness World of Records. Are you 4. serious? 4.23 seconds. It was someone <laughs> called Steve Rawlings in Oxfordshire in September 2015. Has he just got like a permanent dent in his head from where the track <laughs> Well, he has now. <laughs> he did it with a custom shop, Les Paul. <laughs> like, did it with like one of the, you know, a BC rich headstock or something like that. <laughs> right, we're going to follow that up with what is the longest duration for balancing a guitar on your chin? Is oh, it 40, Three days or minutes, 60 minutes, or 29 minutes? What 60. Was I'm what going the, 29 again. What was the 60. first one? 29. You I'll got 60. 29, 48, or 60. I'll do 60. 60, 60 right, if you're going to win. 48. I'm going to go 48. 60. 60. It was 60. And it was the son of Steve Rawlings who found the guitar <laughs> on his forehead in Australia. Dad must be proud. <laughs> it's a family <laughs> affair. Is the next one the nose? <laughs> no. no. It's a traveling carnival. <laughs> right. The next one is what is the speed in BPM of the fastest ever guitar playing recorded? Ying v. Oh, I, re- I remember this. No, it was. I, I remember this. Um, I don't remember the speed though. I, I it's literally like, and that's it. But they actually slowed it down and picked out all the notes. Um, really? I think it's Flight of the Bumblebee is the actual. It was, um, it was Rimsky, Yeah, Rimsky Korsakov. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember the time. What's the, What's the multiple choice? Okay, you have five hundred and forty BPM, yeah. six hundred and twenty BPM, or yep. four hundred and thirty BPM. I'm going to say 430. Okay. Yeah, me too. 430. The first one. First one. 620. Mm-hmm. Correct, Tony. Wow. I actually taught that guy. 120. John Taylor <laughs> from Colorado, but not that John Taylor. Because <laughs> he plays bass. Wow. Right. What is, here's one for you guys. What is the longest ever guitar lesson that was given? Uh, it was was it Saturday, Robbie just did it last it was, night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every Sunday. (laughs) Was it 18 hours, 24 hours, or 12 hours? Well, I'm going to say 24, and I have a follow-up reason. So Okay. There you go. 24, I'm going to go with Robbie's answer. Yeah, I'm going to go with 24 as well. Tony? 
24 it was it was 24 a guy called thomas bins in the uk and london in 2019 what's the follow-up the follow-up is in 2015 i believe i did a 24-hour guitar lesson for charity and i invited 24 students to come it started at midday and it ended obviously midday the following day and i actually contacted uh, guinness uh, book of records and the paperwork i was more doing it for charity and seeing how much money i could mm. raise but the paperwork and the hoops involved um i just was nothing i could really take on but really? i did 24 individual lessons you know wow. all people booked 3 a.m and I, I raised like uh six or six or seven hundred pounds i think yeah so you did 24 hour long lessons whereas yes kathy are you talking about one 24 hour Lesson. I'm assuming it's a continuous lesson because it said the longest guitar lesson singular. Wow. So, so, yeah. so I I hope they learned something. something in that time. Either that or it was really slow. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe that's this what I mean. is <laughs> an E. Yeah, see that would be perfect. That would yeah, be perfect. yeah, yeah. I could learn if someone did that for me. <laughs> Four. It's yeah. it's like <laughs> I did the system twelve. I did I yes. did the system twelve and I slowed it down. It just looks like he's drunk. So was it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a guitar. Maybe they were both drunk. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe he, maybe he was. Maybe, he, maybe Ryan is drunk in with vodka o'clock, yeah. and they just sped him up. <laughs> <laughs> So, Robbie, what you were just saying, Guinness World Records, it's not easy to do because I'm trying to get Ash to contact them mm. for the longest time between first ever EP and first ever nice. album. But yeah. I've, I've registered him, but he's looking into it. He's going, mm, it looks like there's a whole it, lot. Of there's a lot of hoops. And I believe if you like really, I, I think you have to pay for it. Like, I think there is like a. You know, they don't just be like, yeah, like let's let's put you in the book. Like we're gonna yeah. send someone out. Like there's a whole fee involved, and like I and I, I presume that's to wean the, the yeah. you know the people that are just messing around yeah. out. My but, um yeah. my sister was in the Guinness Book of Records a couple of years ago. For what? What's the, um, what's the punchline? Come on. Really? Not by name. Not by name. But um, basically, her, my mum, and my sister know this woman. Who makes like balloon sculptures and my mum's a she was a math teacher and, and she still is kind of involved in the maths sort of subculture they they go to meetups and stuff and there's this woman who makes balloon sculptures and together they worked out um they were making like like pyramid shapes out of balloons and then they extrapolated that like um what do they call tessellation and they kept making these structures until they'd made the biggest like tessellated mathematically worked out balloon structure or Blimey. something like that something like really that cool. and and they got a certificate um and they got a copy of the book each and i've got i've i've got it somewhere in storage um but yeah it it mentions the the woman by name who came up with it all the balloon making woman and then like and her group and my sister and my mum were part of that wow. group so there is an entry in the book and they you oh, know that's cool the book actually says balloon making lady and other people. It does, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah they didn't ask her her name. They just said balloon making lady and other people. <laughs> but that's all it says. Right, oh, listen, yeah. I've got I've got a whole bunch of questions, but at the moment, somebody is one point in the lead. So that person, if they get the next one right, will win. 
Perfect. Or everybody else is on two points. So it could be a four-way tie. All comes down to this one. Okay. How much was the most expensive guitar that was sold at auction? Oh, Why okay. is Dave looking smug? <laughs> do, you want, do you want a rundown of, of, of the last four and when they were sold? Okay, how this, much? okay. this one <laughs> this was June 2020. Yeah, I know which one it was. Uh, <laughs> okay, was it sold for 4 million, no. 6 million or 3.5 no. million? Uh, it was actually none of the above. It was 3.9 because it was, it was, um, was it David Gilmore's? It was David Gilmore's Black Strat. And Ooh, that's not was... what I've got from the Guinness World Book of Records. Oh, and no, something, I beg your pardon, something recently beat it. June 2020, very recent. Oh, it's no, 4 I know million, which, I, 3.5 million, or 6 I know million. Which one, no, I know which one it is. Uh, I'm going to go with. Um, what was the third option? Four, three point five, or six? Six. Six. Okay. I'm also going to say. I know which one it is. I'm also going to say six. We have a winner. Right. The answer was six point zero one zero zero zero, and, and it what, was. And was it? And was it? And, and, and it's right here, you guys. It's <laughs> 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 one I bought earlier. Was it the Martin acoustic that Kurt Cobain played in MTV Unplugged and it was bought by the boss from Rode Microphones in Australia? Yeah. yeah. Oh, now should he get a bonus point for that? Mm, I feel like if we're playing trivia rules, then... The one, I mean... the one before that was Dave Gilmore's Blackstrat. I think that was 2019 or it might even been early 2020. Does this guy know how to party or what? <laughs> 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 well, we got to be going now. <laughs> I okay, so before, before I disappear and leave you boys to it, okay. the winner with four points, everyone else is tied on three, is, drumroll, drumroll, Robbie! Yeah. <laughs> nice one, Kaz. <laughs> nice one. Yes, of course. Me and Kath realized we were related. I, I think so. by default, Dave should win because he knew the full details the last one. I think, I think by, by, I mean... I don't know if it counts that you get points for answers to the that aren't for the, the actual question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else. <laughs> no one answered <laughs> other questions. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. I, 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 love, I, love, guest, how, right? I love how Kath was He turned into like... a complete diva because he's a special guest. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I mean, Cribbia's really changed. Well, I really, <laughs> no, I, I really love how Kath was like, there's a tie between two people and this could end it. And Dave's over there giving the full detailed answer before anybody else. <laughs> just six, six million. That's what it is. But everybody hey, else is like, yeah, it's six. I just want to, I just, I just want to say something, um, uh, you know, before I sort of, uh, go and celebrate my, my wedding and, uh, and leave, but I just <laughs> want to nice say, party. guys, congratulations for getting AC Slade on in a few weeks. That's going to be a really, really great show. And, um, I met AC once when I was 13 years old, it was in 2003, he was doing a guitar clinic and I took my guitar up to him and I said, AC, will you sign this? He said, of course. And he wrote rock like, yeah. And then I, my heart sank cause I just looked at him and went, my dad's gonna hate this. And he was just like, that's awesome. That's great. Good for you. He was like, so happy for me. And I was like, thanks. I told him that. And yeah, so yeah. 
What, he, what, what did he think of the story? I told him, yeah, I told him it, and he was just like, yeah, I've. Uh, I think he said that he stole that. He used he. I don't know if he stole autographs with that, but he stole it from Michael Monroe. Not stole it, but he got it from Michael Monroe. I think that was oh, the, wow. the thing I learned from it. So, you, but he's have, he's great. Yeah. Have you checked out Lynn Ruth Miller yet? She's another guest we have coming up. She's hilarious. I'll, I'll check her out. Yeah, she's, she's probably related to us too, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about. <laughs> she's the oldest touring stand-up comedian. She's 87. Wow. That's yeah, she started at like 71. Time. She started a little late in life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's never it's never too late, man. But we can all be picking up new stuff. I'm learning I'm learning I started learning French last year on Duolingo. Really? Yeah. Um and I think it's great to always pick up new stuff and try new hobbies and everything as well. Doesn't some people out in Canada speak French anyway? So that'd be good for you to learn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's I think that's very much where it came from, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> actually actually spot on there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> so Ottawa Ottawa is quite bilingual and uh we're in, we're only a bridge from Quebec, you know. So it's um there's French speaking people here, there's English speaking people here as well. It's really wonderful. So yeah, I think it's. I think that's awesome. I'd love to tune in for that and, and hear more about her story. Yeah, still. you'll have to. Well, you have to yeah. come for AC and you have to come for Lynn as well. And I've got other people yeah. planned, but all right, we, all right. We, 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 <laughs> so, Robbie, anything you want to promote while you're here? I'm going to disappear, guys. Right, I'm going to leave your voice to talk. Love you, Kath. Well, Take good care. See you later. Thanks. For Thanks. Yeah, I am. Um, well, I, I have my little uh, YouTube channel called Can't Afford to Record, which is, uh, you know. Again, like coming back to the whole learning thing is like when lockdown jumped in for everyone, I was like, okay, I need to really get, you know, stuck into something. And so I decided to like go deep on audio engineering and production and mixing, which I've always been interested in. Dave did the um, the intro for me on that. Um, so, yeah, it's um, that's what I'm enjoying doing. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. I'm trying to actually take as a little bit more of a break recently on on social media and and uh, not have too much of a screen time. That's Sorry. such an LA thing to say. That is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna... what? He's so but... hipster. He's like, I... I'm gonna like not do social media. No, no it's, <laughs> so it's, am I, it's... Robbie, but I just don't say it. You just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, are you able to afford to record now, or are you still unable to no, afford to record? No, I, I cannot afford to record. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, do you have a, a real? Is, is a true story? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's kind of expensive to rent around here. So, <laughs> so my question is, uh, I know we've mentioned this before in the past, but not on here. You have a skateboard. Do you actually like skateboard with cranberry oh, juice while listening is, to Fleetwood Mac? Is that, is that what that... it is? I had no idea. But... <laughs> that was a... <laughs> have you have you have you seen that guy on TikTok? He's on a skateboard listening to Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I haven't. I, I haven't. But I I haven't seen his video. But I saw Mick Fleetwood recreate the video in his back garden in Hawaii. Like for real. Mick wow. Fleetwood actually redid the video with a drink in his hand, like like this. Like it, it's it's really funny. And well, fair play I, to him. Fair play to him. I imagine Robbie doing that in his free time. Just, yeah. <laughs> just skateboarding while listening to Fleetwood Mac drink cranberry juice. I mean, I'm not gonna deny it. So. <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna love you and leave you, but thanks for having me on. I really, really thanks appreciate for coming it. Up, man. Hey, Dave, Robert, yeah. That, you, yeah. You remind me of half the women I've dated. You're gonna love me and then leave me. <laughs> <laughs> except 
<laughs> Unlike them, I'll always love you. Oh, so. <laughs> you warmed my heart and everything else. It was yeah. nice talking to you, Robbie. <laughs> good to see thanks you guys. Uh, out, no worries, Tony. Great to meet you as well. Thank I'll catch you, up buddy. with you soon, okay? Have see a good you, one. buddy. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Who the hell was that? <laughs> some, some, guy, some guy. No, that was some cool, guy. man. That was cool. Before, go so, on. What were you saying? We do have Robbie kind of started easing into questions. We do have questions from people because you do have people oh. that know about you. We do have people that know wow. about you. And yeah, I have you... one question before we start, though. Right. What else have you pillaged from my Instagram or from from my wife's Instagram? I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at that. Definitely not your search oh. history. Yeah, we don't. We didn't go through your search history. Well, I have incognito anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that's all we uh, pillaged from your wife's Instagram. Cool. I, I know you're like, oh, I was wondering some dirt, but no. Um, oh no! I, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. So, so questions. I can't believe I have questions. People actually yeah, yeah. care. <laughs> like, 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 have, who am I? This is it's a crazy world we live in. When some random dude is just being like, "Yeah, there's people like asking questions." It's like, okay, I'm still, I'm still surprised that people like, not because I don't have, I'm not cocky in any way, right. but I'm surprised people still watch this show with all the other podcasts. <laughs> Like seriously? No, I know. I, I just it's the sentiment. I'm surprised people still watch this show. You know? <laughs> yeah, like I'm surprised. That should be with... your tagline. That should be your tagline. <laughs> but no, I'm you are right. Still watch the show after the Fruit Loops. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that because Dave has a great future ahead of him. We ain't got a future, but you can... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll ask you about that privately afterwards. But um, yeah, uh, what, what were we talking about? Oh, here we go. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. What's the weirdest customer that you've ever had in the guitar shop? When we had a shop, a customer said, I can stand on one leg, and then he promptly fell over. Ashley Grant of the Stereotypes wants to know. Okay, so professionality means there will be no names, and and general general, um, politeness means I won't mention, like, long-running weird customers who, if they ever see this, and... The one, the, the one that immediately springs to mind is this guy, and I actually think there's a chance he might have seen this come up on Facebook and be watching. And he's a lovely guy. He's just funny. He's just a bit strange. But, you know, the weirdest one I ever had, the one I actually I actually said to him, this is the only one I actually turned to and went, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm struggling to deal with this because I've literally never been asked this. We had a guy come in, and this, was, this wasn't long ago. This was only about six months ago. And he says, I'm learning to play the guitar, but I've got fat fingers. Common question. So I thought, I know what's coming next. Which guitars are wider here? Because, of course, the width of the guitar here dictates how wide that's going to be. Mm-hmm. So, And then how wide that's going to be dictates the spread of the strings. So on a Fender guitar, this is a bit shorter, which means the strings are close together, things like that. So I'm kind of formulating in my head my stock answer, which is going to be, oh, well, if you go for something like Gibson style or Epiphone, if you're on a budget, that's going to be wider at the, at the top, means the strings are more spaced out, means you'll find it easier with your, with your big fingers. So then he says what he really wants is he wants a guitar that he can, um, he wants to buy a seven string take all of the strings off and then only put six of them back on. And I'm like, you can do that, but this, where the strings are is dictated by there. He says, oh, but we can just recut this. And he's right, this is nylon. 
So you can just put a new one of these on and then cut six slots in it spaced further out. And then I said, but the thing is there, the bridge is a solid piece of metal. You can't re-space that. And so, I said, so, so your strings are kind of going to be like this. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be leaning towards one side like that. And he starts off down this road. At one point, we were looking at 12-string guitars. I said, look, the only thing you can do like that is buy a 12-string guitar and then only put six of the strings on. You know, And this goes on, I swear to you, for like half an hour. And all the time, I wanted to say to him, you told me you're learning. Why don't you just practice? If you're finding it hard, (laughs) if you're finding it difficult to play the chords, what you've talked about is buying an expensive guitar to horrifically modify it, and you will need a bridge that doesn't currently exist. You'll have to actually machine one of those or hire someone to machine that out. When the easiest way around this is to just stick at it for another six to 12 months, and this will all be in the past. And he was an old guy. He was a very old guy. He's like, oh, I haven't got time to, I haven't got time now. You know, I I haven't got, not I haven't got long left in me, but he's like, oh, I'm too old to spend years on this. I need to be playing now. And I'm like, right, but exactly Naomi, exactly. It's yeah. like, so what you're saying is, I mean, every other person in the world, every other person I've ever met has managed to find a guitar that fits their hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I prefer, I like Gibsons because of the, the shape of the neck because I have kind of fat hands. Um, but this one guy, and I literally, at one point, I actually went over to my colleague and says, I'm going to I'm going to pass this guy off onto you because I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> what did he end up getting? He didn't, believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not, he didn't buy anything. Which All that for nothing? And and yeah, and and my colleague came back to me a little while um a little while later and was like and was like I didn't believe you when you said that and you know, but wow. Just wow. And, and we get we get that sort of thing all the time. My boss had one. A guy um, a guy came into the store to test out tuning pedals, as in as in the tuner that actually mm-hmm. tunes your guitar. Yeah. He went in our in our room where we take you to try out guitars. Brought his own guitar with him because that was important to try out a tuner. And he sat there for forty five minutes, a being tuners. And I just want to make it clear to you that I'm saying tuners, as in the thing that makes your guitar in tune, that the yeah. audience doesn't even hear before you start playing. Yeah. Um, and my boss walked in and said, I've been doing this for 42 years. I have never seen anyone spend this long, A, being tuning pedals. <laughs> right? well, and I, it's like, where do these people come from? <laughs> you know, And they're always the strangest. They're always the strangest. Like you, Some of the requests you'd get, you would literally go, do you know what? That's that's just not a thing. That's not even a thing. You know, like, I don't know where you're getting this from, but, you know. Well, that one guy that you're talking about that wanted the spaced out more, does he think that he's going to be magically amazing at guitar just because he has the he, right guitar? He was looking He was looking for a shortcut. He says, oh, you know, I, I need spaced out strings, got fat fingers. I said, yeah. And then what was great is one of the other guys who worked with us, Conrad, he's a former um, strongman. He used to he used to compete in, like, you know, there's, like, those TV tournaments where they'd like carry big weights and all that and like roll tires and all that sort of stuff. He used to compete in those. And he was literally like seven feet tall, like Mohawk. He looked like Zangief from street fighter, like massive guy. (laughs) And his hands are like, like his hand would be like that on mine. 
And he played a Fender Strat and he said the same. He says, mate, no one's hands are bigger than mine. I just have to practice. You know, like yeah. there comes a point where you get smoother. The more you do something, you get smoother. And another one, another one was a guy who, same sort of thing, who was buying a Strat and um, he, he wanted to play like Prince. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know how to play the Prince sound. And my, so the same, funnily enough, the same colleague that I passed this guy on to came to me, he says, look, Dave, um, I know, he says, look, I, I know you're kind of busy with your own sales, but this guy like, keeps talking about Prince and I think I could close a deal um, if, if I play a Prince song, but I don't know any, could you come over and, and do some? So I went over and I did like the Purple Rain solo, just the, the I haven't got an amp for Starts off with that and ends with the. Uh, and and I showed him that bit. I showed him it four times. <laughs> on the way out the door, he hasn't made a decision about the guitar yet, so he left a he left a deposit on it, and he he went away. And on the way out the door, he's like, "Could you could you write that down for me?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, but it's it's literally it's literally just." It's that's it. It's, it's three things. Mm-hmm. One, uh, one, two, one, two, one, two, three. You know, and I'm just like, okay, I will write it down for you, but I don't see how that's going to help you remember three notes, literally three <laughs> notes. And so I did. I did. I, you know, I, I wasn't rude to him. I said, uh, yeah, if you sure, okay, I'll, you know, I don't think it'll help, but I'll do it for you. So I sat there with a bit of paper, drew out the tab lines, did this little tab, gave it to him. He comes back a week later, asks me to show him it again. <laughs> and, and he's asking me and my colleague what pedals he would need to get that print sound. And, and we, we showed him a flanger pedal. And I, you know, I, we plugged the flanger in and I did the, the main bit. The... Mm-hmm. That, that, that opening bit. And, and he's like, oh, my God, that sounds just like it. And then I played the solo through a bit of fuzz, you know, and he was like, that's the sound I want, you know. And, and he's, he's asking us about all these effects and whatnot. And I'm thinking, I hate to say this, man, but the only way you're ever going to play like that or play those parts is to go home and learn them. Mm-hmm. You can have all the effects in the world you want. You can have the right guitar. You can have the right effects pedals. You can have the right amplifier. But nothing is going to be a shortcut to just going home and studying the song. And it's like, like Roxy's a great example because we, um, I mean, I've worked with Ryan for a while now. We've done quite a few things together and he's so down to earth when it comes to gear. He likes gear, you know, don't get me wrong. He can appreciate a nice guitar. He can appreciate a nice amp and all that. But when we did the Los Angeles tour, he literally had a pedal board amp with a tuner and one delay pedal. And, and he just got his sound like that. And he's like, as long as I practice the parts, I can get close enough. So mm-hmm. you don't need the exact flanger pedal that Prince had. Just just t- use the tone knob on your guitar, put a little bit of reverb on the amp, and you're going to get like close enough that the audience recognizes it. Yeah. The main part is you need to be practicing that Prince riff. But this guy just, he just kept, it was almost as if every time he asked me, he would learn it a bit better. I'm like, I've literally told you, I've done everything but move your fingers. 
the only thing you can do now is go home and do it. And we get it all the time. So I'd say they are the strangest customers. So the he, one... want, he wanted to have everything to make the sound, but he didn't even know how to play the damn song. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 he was still, and he was still so early in his learning that that song was going to be out of his reach for a little while. And mm -hmm. it's those people who come in and think that if I buy this thing, I will be like them. It's like, well, no, you know, I mean, a common one I'd say is uh, we had T-Rex on and a guy went, that's the amp I'm looking for. I'm looking for, I want to sound like this T-Rex song. And he mm -hmm. pointed at the stereo. And I says, right, well, the first thing you're going to need is Mark Boland's hands. Mm -hmm. And he went, oh, well, obviously I haven't got those. I went, right. So you're already starting from a nothing, mm -hmm. you know, just get a good guitar, get a good amp that sounds close enough and then just learn the Mark Boland riffs. And then you'll be able to play the T-Rex songs. Then you'll get that sound. Right. You know. Like you, you gotta have the talent. There's no shortcut. No, it's <laughs> not talent. It's not talent because anyone can practice. Anyone can learn it, but you just have to, um, yeah. And Naomi's right. He needed guitar lessons, not pedals, you know? Yeah. Confidence boost could be a thing, but there's a difference. Like the way he was talking about it, he wasn't looking for reassurance. And as he was looking for, um, he was, he was looking for a shortcut. He was like, well, if I get this pedal, will I sound like that? It's like, no, the pedal just adjusts the sound. It doesn't make the sound. Mm -hmm. You still have to put the right sound into it to do it. Yes, exactly. I kind of, so, I kind of went off on one there. So what else have we got? You're good. The next question is from somebody we haven't seen in a long time. Um, she, she has a question for you. Let's uh, see if we can bring it up. Hi Dave, welcome back to Pink Cell. Good to have you here. Um, I was going to ask a really important and intellectual question, um, and I will. Biscuits! What biscuits do you prefer? Do you like a custard cream? Do you like a bourbon cream? Or are you a bit more out there and go for a jam sandwich cream? Can I also point out that jam sandwich creams are way better than jammy dodgers, which are too hard and they don't have cream in them, so therefore they're off the list. So, if you look at that there, there, you will see a nice steaming hot beverage, tea or coffee, not iced. So, the question also is, do you dunk? There we are then, that's your question. What biscuit do you prefer and do you like to dunk? Where have all my bloody biscuits gone? Better go and put the biscuits back. Speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs> wow. Now, yeah, she now she has opened. You could tell you a whole podcast series on biscuits when you're asking British people. Um, well, so biscuit-wise, of the options you you gave me there, it would be custard creams. Um, I don't tend to eat biscuits often, but when I do, I hate to be that guy, but I've gone mm -hmm. across the pond. It's Oreos. I they're like crack, they're absolutely like crack. Um, but of of the options, of the sort of more British, um, of the more sort of British. Uh, biscuits classic biscuits custard creams chocolate digestive chocolate digestive is a good one um now the dunk question i'm i am slightly disappointed kathy because she should know better i don't drink hot drinks what <laughs> what do i drink what do i drink anyone in the comments it's someone even brought it up during our nick Sesler even brought it up during our seminar on saturday when he noticed that the label was different coke I drink Coke. <laughs> I drink you, ca caffeine fee Coke. Yeah. Do, do so, you do you dunk into your Coke? No, I don't. Dunk. Um, do you know, 
I do very occasionally drink tea. If if someone said if we were if I was going out for a hot drink, if you said to me, uh, Dave, let's go to Starbucks and hang out, I'd come with you. I would probably have a tea in that instance. You are but, the first. You are the first British person I know that says I don't drink tea that often. Yeah, <laughs> I, I literally drink tea. So, like, the only time I can remember drinking tea recently was we have a, a tea machine at work, and see, Diet Coke. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. And um, see, I was one of the few people that thought it was amazing that Donald Trump had a Diet Coke button. I'd be like, I was all over that. Um, <laughs> and did you hear about this? Apparently, so there's there's some buttons on the president's desk, and he can uh-huh. assign them to mean different things. And mm-hmm. Donald Trump had one of them assigned that every time he pressed it, a butler would appear with a Diet Coke can. Kind of worthless with all those cheeseburgers he ate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I would do that. If I was a president, I'd be like Diet Coke, uh, Diet Coke button, but must be caffeine free. I, I, um, heard, I heard that George W. Bush had a Coke button, but that was for... Uh, 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 <laughs> apparently, uh, to, be fair, to be fair to Donald Trump, which is not a phrase I will say very often, he wasn't the first <laughs> to have the bring me a drink button. Um, I think Kennedy had the same button, but it wasn't Coke. It was a different drink he liked, but, you know. Um, but... Uh, when we were going about tea, yeah. So the last time I remember drinking tea is we'd have a we have like a tea vending machine at work, and there's a yeah. He sees see Nick. Yeah, I was drinking Pepsi caffeine free the other day. You know, you traitor. I know, I know. Um, well, I'm trying to get one of those Britney Spears Beyonce pep, uh, uh, Pepsi adverts. You know, I'm trying to get a sponsorship deal. So I'm trying to get just... a, I'm trying to get a sponsorship deal with Jaffa Cakes, but that's a British thing. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting fact time, Do you? because there's this whole thing as to whether Jaffa cake is a biscuit or a cake. Do we did that know? last week, yes. Did you do it? So did you Did you actually look up the actual definition for yes. what is the difference between a biscuit and a cake? Yes, and what is crazy is, is Jaffa cake actually had to go to court to declare themselves a cake, not a biscuit. And it was a huge court proceeding. Yeah. Yeah, you you guys have such little problems that you're worried about. What <laughs> yeah, is a yeah. cake and a biscuit? It's a good, it's a good problem to have. No, and I, uh, yeah. So we have this machine at work, and there was this one colleague of mine, Nick, lovely guy. He would always, always offer me a cup, and I would always say no. And then a couple of times, it was really cold in the winter. I was like, yeah, go on, Nick, get me a cup of tea. And I was only drinking it because it was warm, and it was something warm to to have. I I, I very rarely would choose tea. You know, so did you see why Jaffa cake is considered why they wanted to be considered a cake and not a biscuit? There's actually a reason because it's in their name. No, um, they Britain started doing a tax law on biscuits that have chocolate on them, right? And so if Jaffa, they were a biscuit, they would, yeah, yeah, they'd have to pay this tax. And the government, US government, was considering them a biscuit, even though Jaffa cake is in their name, so they had to go and this huge lawsuit like it was i don't know you know that's the difference between british people and americans yeah. british people are worried about what's a cake and what's a biscuit we're just worried about what taco bell's putting in a dorito <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> my wife likes shaffer cakes my wife really likes shaffer cakes and i remember a few years ago i mean every christmas time they do this in england they sell a yard of jaffa cakes and it's like it's literally like three packs stuck together in a giant tube like that. And, you, and but it's one it's one box, um, 
like they're packaged separately inside the box, but it is like literally a stick of Jaffa cakes, and they sell them around holidays here for like when you're buying treats for holiday for holiday gifts. Yeah, I tried Jaffa cakes for the first time last week, and they were delicious. Wow! But I, but I was told to not try any different flavors, only the original. <laughs> I, I I didn't know there was different flavors. I only know the original. Yeah, limited time only offers they've done. Like I think they did raspberry and. But I was told it's disgusting. Yeah, see, Naomi knows. Naomi knows. <laughs> so the next question, the next two questions is from our friends over at The Voice It Show. Oh, cool. The first one is Funky. Hey, Dave, it's Funky. My question for you is, if you could meet any idols of yours that you haven't met already, dead or alive, who would that be? Bye. That is a great question. That is a great question. And I'm so glad she said dead or alive because <laughs> so idol idols are an interesting word. Idol kind of assumes some sort of worship. I'm not really that sort of guy because even if I really like, so for example, I met the Edges guitar tech at the NAMM mm-hmm. show and we were talking and I said to him, I said, being a guitar nerd, I would rather you showed me U2's guitars than I met you too, because although I love their their art, I love their music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, Bono is probably the one I would want to meet now. But I don't know Bono. I don't know anything about what Bono's like. We might not get on. We might not have anything in common, in which case, why do we ever need to meet each other? Never Just meet like the heroes, they claim. <laughs> that that kind of happened to me once, but it, he had a reason, so it's no problem. But living-wise, living-wise... The only I've kind of met everyone who who I really idolized as a teenager anyway. You know, um I mean when I was fifteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, my favorite band was Alice Cooper. I've met mm-hmm. I've met Alice now. Um he does a great Mick Jagger impression. Um and I, Keith, I've seen him do a Keith impersonation. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've met I saw that the other day, yeah. Um <laughs> you know, I I've, I've met astronauts i've met most of the doctor who's um i i've managed to meet a lot of people in my life and i feel like i feel like there isn't anyone left now that i would need to i feel like wow i really want to meet them um Mm -hmm. there's lots i'd like to meet that i think oh they'd kind of be interesting but there's none that are on my tick list if you were um now if we're going for dead then that opens up a whole new ball game um i think i'd like to have met prince just to see if he was as strange as everyone says he was (laughs) I've met a lot of people that knew Prince and heard a lot of stories about Prince. Um, but I, you know, obviously I never met him, you know. Prince has been known to randomly pop up in places whenever he was alive. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's one of those things. I knew a guy who did security for him once. I haven't met Kanak yet. Kanak's right. I haven't met him yet. <laughs> so he, he would be on my list. He would be on my list. I definitely want to meet Kanak. And actually, all kidding aside, we did, me and Robbie did talk about that recently. If we had, like, all of the money in the world, we would fly around and meet all of these people we've gotten to know over the last year online, just just to, just to kind of like meet them, you know. Um, so you could donate on the GoFundMe account. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know. um, yeah. So I don't know. I think I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet Barack Obama, just because I think he'd be an interesting conversation. Oh, mm-hmm. I know one. I would love to have a cup of tea with Queen Elizabeth. And, I heard- and just. And just literally just, just sit with a cup of tea in the garden, just just having a chat, like nothing fancy, you know. 
I've heard that Queen Elizabeth prefers alcohol over tea, so you might be. <laughs> she can she she can have mine. She can have mine. I don't have to drink. She can she can do what she wants. Boozing it up in the garden. I was watching this comedian the other day. They're like, I wonder if Queen Elizabeth is like a nice drunk, or if she comes out of her bedroom like, hey, give me, I got a fucking crown. And she- I look like the money. <laughs> I look like the money. Yeah, yeah. I like the money. And I, I, I think if if she if she did ever get that drunk, which I can't imagine her doing at her age, um, but if she ever did, I think she'd be more like that chilled drunk who would be kind of sat there in the corner, just like watch what everyone else is doing and going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like. Like I'm, I'm not doing all that. You just, just let not me. Belligerent drunk. Yeah, I, I think she'd be that one that's just like in the corner, just like you know, in her own little world, just like you, you do what you want to do. I'm, I'm happy where I am. Ah, you know. They, they, and, always, um, they always say that like people are never proud, uh, happy with where they're at in life. They want to achieve more. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you think the queen wants to achieve more? <laughs> She's like already a queen. Well, it's interesting though. It, it's in. Yeah, I suppose from a meritocracy point of view, everyone always wants to advance. Um, and I think that is quite a big problem with our society. Like, mm-hmm. we need to normalize people being fine with where they are. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time, I wonder how much of it, is it that people aren't happy with where they are? Or is it that people feel like they shouldn't be happy? Right. So, so do, like, does everyone want that big promotion because they actually want that promotion? Or do they just think that everyone else is judging them for still being where they are? Mm-hmm. You know? Like if you, I, I worked with a guy in a, in a supermarket, it's called Asda, but they're owned by Walmart. And um, it's actually very like Target. It's very like Target. When I go to Target in America, it's very similar. And I worked with a guy there and he'd been there like 30 years when I was 18. He's still there now. Damn. He's still there now. And we said to him, and he still does the same job. He just fills shelves. If he's and, happy. Yeah, and we said to him, we said, why have you never been, why have you never been promoted even to supervisor? You know, and he says, I don't want to. Like, this is my routine. I come to work. I know what I'm doing. I go home. I do my home stuff. And, and he was genuinely just, that's just the way I want to live my life. And mm-hmm. he was actually one of the happiest people I knew. And, and don't, don't take me wrong. I think that you should always be the best you can be, mm-hmm. but not at the point where you're doing it just to kind of keep up with everyone else you know that that's right. an interesting exactly part. exactly don't you know if you're if you're doing it because you want to do it and it and it will fulfill you you go as high as you want you become elon musk or president obama or, or whatever but if you're content and happy in your life don't do it just for mm-hmm. the the perceived glory this reminds me of a book I read. Ever read the book um, "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck" by hmm. Mark Manson or Mason? I I actually started listening to it as an audio book. It's really good. Yeah, there's a part of that book where they cover this, where they're like, um, there was a musician by the name of Pete Best. He played drums for the Beatles. With the Beatles, yeah. And uh, he got fired from the band. He never really amounted to much after that. He became a family man, but when interviewed, he said. Being fired from the Beatles is the greatest thing that ever happened to him because he met his wife and he's very happy. And then they went on to talk about another musician who got fired from the biggest band in history, 
but formed his own band, sold 30 million copies of all of his albums, and still to this day is not happy and doesn't feel like he's achieved enough. And that was Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because Dave Mustaine is still going on about being fired from Metallica nearly 40 years later. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you have Megadeth. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's kind of the point. That's kind of the point. You know, it's like, I, I often think that a lot of people are just trying to keep up. And um, yeah, I, I totally agree. So the thing with the Pete Best, if he hadn't been fired from the Beatles, he's right. He wouldn't have met his wife, which means they wouldn't have had his kids. And the thing is, success is relative, you know. And this yeah. is something I think every musician needs to be told. Everyone who works in any arts capacity, success is relative, right? So if so to some people, success is being on the cover of Rolling Stone, winning a Grammy mm -hmm. and stuff like that. To some people, success is just being able to do guitar as a full-time job. Just doing what you love. Yeah. So, for example, when I was um, when I was playing professionally, the biggest audience I played to was like two, three hundred people. Mm -hmm. But and Brian Roxy uses this quote a lot when when I take him to clinics and he gives clinics. Sometimes I might be playing shitty little nightclubs. Sometimes I might be giving guitar lessons. But every year when I fill in my tax return, I put professional guitarist as my job. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, you know, success is what success means to you. If your goal in life is to be able to put on your tax return professional musician, that could mean anything. You could teach, Robbie's a professional musician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he teaches people on Zoom and he's not famous and he lives in Canada and stuff. But in his own way, he is successful. He gets mm -hmm. to put musician on his tax returns every year. And, and that's the thing, we need to normalize that more. It doesn't, you know, stop trying to race everyone else and just define what, what is success to you. And not, um, ev not everyone can be known by large groups well, of people. You don't have to sell out stadiums just to be successful. No. Ex exactly, that, that is our definition of success. But, and again, Daniela's right as well, and this is it, you know. So, so for someone, success might be learning to play that song. You know, you might have a song that you've wanted to play for 20 years and no matter how much you learn, you've never felt good enough. You may, the day you hit that song, you're successful. You may well, not have written that song. You may not be playing it at Wembley Stadium, but, you, but you're successful. What's a good example is, is there's a band that a lot would consider successful, Guar. They're very well known. They tour a lot. But from what I've read, Dave Brockie still lived in an apartment or in a uh, trailer, I should say. He was living mm -hmm. in a trailer and the reasoning why is because most of his money was spent to go back on the road. So even though he was a successful musician and he made money doing it, he wasn't making as much as people would assume. Yeah. So is it really success? Yeah. <laughs> Look at yeah. how Lemmy was living. Lemmy lived the fast life. He was living in a trailer, wasn't he, when he died? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen trailer uh, Lemmy's last place that he was living in? No. Due to him living such a fast life and it being so expensive, he was living in like a little trailer. Yeah. But but again, if he was happy living yeah. like that, yeah. if he was if he was happy living like that, then that's not unsuccessful. You no, know? Yeah. No. And, and success this, is in your own mind. Exactly. Success is in your own mind. Now, don't get me wrong. There there are quantifiable levels of success. You know, mm -hmm. if you're unemployed living on the streets, then you could argue that that is unsuccessful. You haven't been successful in life. But then those people are also going to have 
their own version of success. Mm -hmm. So to a homeless person who struggled to stay in employment and have a roof over their head, that first paycheck and they go and sign on for their house and they're finally living what we all consider a normal life, they've made it. That is success. Mm-hmm. And and a stupid little one for me, like I, I always think this is saying I define success against I the only person I compete with is myself. Mm-hmm. I think what would the past Dave want to do and what will future Dave think of it, you know? But so it's like I'd never toured on an arena level. I've never done I've never done um I've never worked for a band like well, like Alice Cooper or Justin Bieber or Katy Perry or any of or Taylor Swift or any of those or any of those big sort of like arena well, level. Well, let me interrupt you real quick. You yeah. went you went from Alice Cooper to Justin Bieber. I'm just thinking about people who play arenas. I don't I don't follow music now. But the point being, I've never worked in in for a band that big and like gone all over the world on like luxury tour buses and whatnot. But when I was sat when I when I, so when I was sat on in a, a small tour bus with Roxy one side of me and Eric Dover the other side, and we were all hanging out and talking and and having a joke and stuff, when I thought back to when I was 15 watching those two guys do the Eyes of Alice Cooper show when Alice released that album, to me, I'd kind of made it. I wasn't I didn't get a lot of money. I didn't go anywhere exotic. It was like clubs in England. But the fact is, the 15-year-old kid in my head said, I want to be involved with this somehow. And at some small level, I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not famous. I, I haven't got all of those. But I'm not driving a, a BMW. But I got to where I wanted to. I, I, In my own way, I got to where I wanted to be. And another one is, you know, again, going back to when I was 15, I went to my first Alice Cooper concert. If you'd have told me that 15 years later, I'd have been sat there with him hanging out. I ain't going to tell the whole story because it was, it was off duty. Nothing crazy happened, but it's, you know, it's private. It, to, it, you know. it was it was like the scene from Wayne's World. No, it was. No, party or what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. It was exactly the opposite. It was exactly <laughs> the opposite. The, the shortened version is um, through him being just such a gracious person. I ended up hanging out on the bus with him one day. Not not just Alice. I was there with Ryan and, and Kyle and that. But but yeah. So yeah. But the point being, in my own little way, although I hadn't made any money, he he doesn't. He probably doesn't remember who I am or anything like that. The fact is, from being young to where I was then, I actually I texted my dad and said, "You'll never guess whose sofa I'm sat on." <laughs> and it was just one of those things where it's like success isn't always about money and stuff. It's about, did you achieve what you wanted to achieve? That's the nutshell. That's what this whole ramble's been about. Success is purely, did you achieve what you wanted to achieve? Mm -hmm. Now, if what you want to achieve is, I want to live in a house with a regular job and be able to pay my own bills and not have to ask for handouts, and I I I want a job where I get to wear a suit and tie, if you get that job, you're a success. Mm-hmm. You know, if your idea of success is I want to start a bar band and I want to be booked up, so I'm playing in a different bar every Friday and Saturday, playing Sweet Home Alabama and stuff like that. If you start that band and within a year or two you end up with a full diary and you're playing a different bar every Friday night for 200 bucks, 
you have achieved what you set out to um, you achieved. Ergo, you are successful. So have you, uh, going back to Cooper, since you are a fan of Cooper's, Yeah. have you checked out the band Co-op yet? No. They have a new, they have a new single out. Um, Co-op is a band formed by Dash Cooper, Alice's son, and they're they're a really good band. I went and saw them a couple weeks ago with Tony. Oh, cool. They're really good. They're really good. I'll look them yes, up. You should, you should check them out. Um, co-op, if you look it up on uh, YouTube, you might have to type in co-op band because there's video games and shit that pop up. <laughs> um, the next question is from a guy. Uh, I know you're a huge fan of this guy. So try to keep your pants on for me. But this this guy you've always wanted to meet. So here's a question from him. Hey, Dave. Greetings from India. This is Kanak here and hope you're having a great time. Good to see you on Pink Sock today. I have two questions for you. First is, well, 2020 has been a challenging year for every one of us. And every one of us has tried to be creative or productive in some or the other way, which is absolutely fantastic and inspiring. And I want to know uh, what are the lessons or things that you have learned from this year that you want to carry forward with you in your life. And second thing is, since you work at a guitar store, I'm sure you must have seen all kinds of customers. So would you like to share with us some funny customer stories? Take care. Have fun. That's cool. I, th I think I kind of did the customer thing earlier. Yes. Um, but I just love how positive he always is. Kanak right. is like, I, like if, ever, if ever I was like a millionaire and I, and I started some sort of like um and i started some sort of like artistic thing like maybe a band or a film company or something i would hire kanak to be my full-time hype man just like he'd be the one who went on stage before i gave every speech just to get the crowd going because he's just like <laughs> such a happy guy um yeah it's funny about the whole 2020 thing um as i said to you earlier mike i've got a new job coming up Yes. Um, I have. I have. I haven't left the guitar store yet, but we're locked down, so I'm not in the guitar store anyway. Um, but I will be leaving in the next few weeks and starting somewhere else. And in the interview for that, one of the questions they asked was, "2020 was a very difficult year for everyone. What is the memory? What is the one thing you will think of whenever anyone says 2020 to you? What What is the defining memory?" And I actually said. Um, the defining memory for me is the fact that me, Vic, Roxy, Robbie, Scotty, we all sat down and went, and then of course Federica got involved later. We all sat down and went, this is boring. We need to do something. We need to do something with this time. And that's when we started to come up with, and Ryan came up with the, um, the live stream Sundays and we do the after show hangouts and then we do in the trenches and I do the videos like the, the goon squad and the, the mashup video. Um, with the Johnny Thunder song and the Black Widow video and stuff like that. And, and that's what I said. I said, you know, my, my memory of 2020 in a nutshell is when we were all forced to stay inside and the only thing left to us was the internet. So many of us, yourselves included, you, you guys are including this, everyone in these comments, Kanak is a big one of them. Um, we, didn't, we didn't sit at home and sulk we all came out into the internet and we all met each other and mm -hmm. we've got this whole 
extended family. We've got Kanak in India. We've got you guys in Arizona at the moment. We've got, you know, Kath in the UK. We've got Funky. She's out there. All these people, all these names I've seen cropping up in, in chats for 12 months now. It's nearly 12 months since we started doing this. That is the defining memory of 2020. That's what I'll take away from 2020. The fact that we we didn't let it beat us. I mean, don't, you know, I don't want to, we did exactly, exactly what Fetty's saying. Um, and don't get me wrong. I, I totally respect that there are people out there who had a really difficult year. People have lost people. People have lost jobs. People have probably lost their home because of one of the other two things. And, you know, for some people, this really hasn't been fun. This really hasn't been a good ride. And, and no matter how fortunate any of us are, we need to remember that because, mm-hmm. you know, when someone's having a good time, there's always someone who isn't. And it's our job as a society to keep a lookout for, you know, our people, our, our brothers. Care of one another. Exactly. Um, but my own personal experience of the, yeah, System 12, we did System 12. My own um, personal experience of the pandemic and the thing I will take away is this sense of community that we all kind of just came together from nowhere mm-hmm. that we're still doing now. Um, but to answer his specific question about what skills, well, the video stuff, I actually hadn't done video stuff for a few years when Goon Squad video came up. And I tell you, actually, it was actually the System 12 pitch video. Uh, Ryan sent me it and I said, can I just can I just have a quick go with this and, and have a mess? Because I still had some skills in the back of my head from years ago. Mm-hmm. And I whipped the thing together and he was like, oh, I really like that. It's kind of cool. And I was like, well, thanks, man. It's been a while. And then from there, I just started playing and experimenting. And now I find that not only have I kind of regained all the knowledge I used to have years ago about video editing, I'm now learning newer things and newer things and newer things. So I'm actually better than I was the first time around. Um, so I think as, a, as an actual learning experience, I think the video and graphic stuff, whilst I was doing it before the pandemic, I've certainly stepped up my game like two or three levels during the pandemic that's that's the kind of the big development i've had i've also been studying so my um my new job is in marketing uh i've always kind of done events promotions things like that on the side uh, one of the things i did for ryan is i booked him clinics and promoted those um i talked with the lost angels as an assistant helping them organize things i've always kind of been on the fringes of marketing and promotions mm-hmm. so during the pandemic i signed up for a course and i've been studying uh, I'm still studying. I haven't finished yet. Um, but kind of doing that is probably a lot of the reason I've been considered for this other job that I'm now going to. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what I did with my pandemic mechanic. There are new things I learned. I, I studied marketing to to get get a bit more of a of a hold on all of my various tatters of experience and bring them all together as one thing. And I also really upped my game with graphic video and graphic design and yeah the uh oh song thank you i'm really glad you liked that because that one was that one was literally my entire idea i just said to ryan can you film yourself in front of a wall with four four (laughs) different guitars and send me the stuff because i want to make a video and he went and he was like yeah okay (laughs) and and i came out and also i have to say i i have to say oh you're very welcome kanak thank you for asking me it was a great question um the I have to say the uh oh video would not have been possible without Suzanne Burkholder, Federica, um, Kina sent me some stuff as well. Um, and basically, because the live shots I had were all very samey, 
because mm-hmm. they were all from like the same couple of things. Whereas through those guys, they sent me some great video clips from throughout the last few years that I could use. So I have to thank them as well. It's awesome. But yeah, it's going to be weird in the future because we're going to all be like, yeah, remember like 40 years ago when we had a pandemic and like telling little kids and shit about it. Yeah, I thought that. It's like there's going to come a point where some kid asks me like, like, Uncle Dave, what what was the pandemic like? You were there, weren't you? And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm going to be like, wow, I'm old. <laughs> Could you imagine? You know, if- I was sitting there thinking through the whole pandemic. I was like, man, this is going to make for a wild future U.S. history book. What's going to be crazy, though, what's really crazy is imagine if we was going through this pandemic before we had technology. Hmm. <laughs> like, shit, blockbusters closed. Now what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's crazy, I'm just going to answer Jackie quickly. Uh, not at the moment, but I hopefully it will happen again. So, you know, I, I think me and Ryan will probably do another video at some point, but there's not currently something to make a video for. Because, like, imagine your reality's finished now and things like that. So, you know, but he knows where I am, and hopefully he'll, you know, he'll keep me keep me involved, part of the RGA. But um, to answer your question, Mike, um what was kind of interesting about this pandemic and working in a guitar store? Well, we're not a guitar store. We, we sell everything. So mm-hmm. um, home recording stuff and starter packs of guitars and basses and all that just vanished straight away. They, we sold so many. It's ridiculous. So I think it genuinely would have been a problem. I mean, you made the joke about, oh, my God, Blockbuster shut. What do we do? <laughs> Could you imagine if we lived in a pre-internet world? Mm-hmm. And you couldn't just order a new hobby kit from Amazon to keep you like, imagine if I couldn't order Lego to keep me occupied or imagine if people like the system 12 guys we've got, <laughs> there it is. And um, if the system 12 guys couldn't have ordered their guitars to, to pick up a guitar and play, you know, could you imagine? But then interestingly, we're looking at it through 2021 eyes. You have to remember that the people who lived in that era didn't know any better. They didn't know any different. So to them, it would have been perfectly normal. Yeah. It's only through our experience would it seem weird. So I have one more video question, but before I get to that, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to check out all other videos. Don't forget to check out Beautiful Puppies because that's what what Kath likes to show. Um, And also, don't forget to tune in on the 5th. We have AC Slade. And then on the 12th, we have Lynn Ruth Miller. Uh, We have been talking. We have been talking with the rat. He's the infamous rat. Um. <laughs> I would like to say as well, I would like to thank everyone. We are at the two hour, five minute mark. I can't believe there are people who have sat and watched me and Robbie <laughs> for two hours. Like, we're going to, we're going to have to break this into a part here. Um, I have one, yeah. more, I have one more uh, video question and then we're going to wrap it up, but I would love to have you back to discuss even more stuff. Yeah. Um, check out the rat on Davy Rocks on Instagram or davidrat.com. Is there any other socials you use? Because that's the only one I've seen you on. Not really. I mean, I have Facebook, obviously. I, I only really use um, Instagram. I do have Twitter, TikTok, and everything, but I've only signed up for them to claim the username so no one else can have the username. And and be honest, I only, I'm you, only you go on TikTok. You go on TikTok to watch them skateboarders and stuff. No, I I actually, I actually, other than signing up for the account so no one else could have at Davy Rocks, I, I've never been on TikTok. Uh, 
You're lucky because I was about ready to steal that name. <laughs> Nick. But here's the last question from Joe Bashir. Oh, cool. My question for Dave. If you won the lottery, what's the first guitar you'd go out and buy? Or do you already own it? Uh, three pickup Gibson SG Custom in white, like Glenn Buxton. I, I thought you were going to... Is this the one with the Vibrola? I don't know. I don't know. I think it looks cool with a Vibrola, but they're just they're just not very practical. In fact, no, do you know what? I've won the lottery. I'll have one of each. I thought you were going to... Gibsons don't stay in tune anyway, so, you know. Oh, see, I'm, I'm definitely a Gibson guy. I mean, I was... I, I was <laughs> showing... So am I, but I'm just realistic. A lot, a lot of guys, a, a lot of people in the comments will have seen this before. Um, this is my, this is a 2016, um, it's a 1957 replica uh, from the custom shop. And this is, this is the one I play most. Um, but yeah, I have, I have like four Gibsons. Um, I mean, I kind of, my dream guitar is always going to be the Gibson Les Paul. And I have mm -hmm. two of those, possibly a third coming. But I do like SGs. SGs are more comfortable to play. If you said to me, Joe, if you said I could only have one guitar, it would be a Les Paul. But as I've already got a couple of really nice Les Pauls, the guitar I would buy if um, if I could uh, if I won the lottery would be uh, a three pickup SG, like Glenn Buxton. If if Robbie was here, he would ask the question: How much was the lottery? <laughs> yeah, he would. He would. He'd be like, Yeah, well, how much was it though? You know, um, I don't think I'd buy anything vintage. Um, like a lot of like a common thing amongst guitar people is, oh yeah, I'd buy I I'd buy a 1959 Les Paul for like 200 grand, and I'd be like, uh, yeah, or I could buy like 10 replicas for 20. Well, for for I could buy 10 replicas for 50 grand, and then have 150 grand in the bank. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. So the only the only guitar I've actually seeked out because of its age was my. 89 les paul standard it's gibson les paul um that one is literally about three weeks older than me so i was looking for a, a gibson les paul that was as close to my birthday as possible and that one's 17th of january and i have 24th of february so that one uh, that one i've got an older one because of the year is meaningful but if i was to go and buy another les paul now i would I would go just based on what the guitar is and how it feels. I wouldn't really be focused on how old it or how old and new it was. You know, I thought you were going to say you're going to end up with that David Gilmore one that went for like <laughs> 4 million. I must admit if I was like, if I was like Mark Zuckerberg level rich or Elon Musk or that, I would totally go for that just, just to have it, just to go yeah, like, yeah, you have fuck it money to do that. And then you exactly, gotta meet exactly. You got to have that's sort of totally fuck it money. Then you got to meet David yeah. Gilmore and have him sign it. <laughs> <laughs> like i would, that would love be amazing. to have an actual 58 flying v but i'm not paying that money but we're approaching yeah, you would you would need effort money for a 58 flying v because there aren't many left there really aren't many left they're pretty much all spoken for i'm pretty sure so yeah. we're we're approaching the t two hour and 10 minute mark so i think yeah. it's about time <laughs> to wrap it up hey don't ever don't ever claim don't ever claim you don't get your money's worth from me when you book me <laughs> <laughs> wait we're getting paid <laughs> yeah what's that i said i certainly haven't made any money in this pandemic i tell you that but 
but hey, I've had a great, I've had a, you know, I've had a great time. And thank you, Anders, for watching, you know, and thank you, Kanak. Thanks, everyone. I can't believe how all these people must have been must have been here to watch you, right? Not me. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Normally, they don't stick around this long. <laughs> wow! 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 Trying to boost your confidence, there, buddy. <laughs> oh, my, my confidence is fine. I just think it's crazy. I just like, like, don't get me wrong. I, I think I'm great, but there's no reason why anyone else should. You know what I mean? It's like, so are that's you the difference. Be- that's the difference between confidence and arrogance. Confidence is, is you knowing you're great. Arrogance is expecting everyone to think you're great. Right. Two hours is bad. I'm still convinced no one actually watches those four hour long Rogan podcasts. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Do you watch all his podcasts? I don't watch any <laughs> Joe Rogan, but I know a man who is a big fan of those podcasts. So I hear about you, them sometimes. I have to watch them in parts because they're like four to five hours long. <laughs> but ne- uh, we have on the fifth, as I said, AC Slade. We yeah, have- it's going to be a good episode. We also have Lynn Ruth Miller. You going to be tuning in for uh, those episodes? Uh, I will try. I mean, it depends when I, because with my new job, I will be able to work from home. So I guess when I actually, when I actually, although I suppose if I'm working from home, I could have it on. This is all new to me. This is all new. I've always worked in a store. So, you know. Oh, your new job's going to be at home? Uh, No, it's going to be in an office. But of course, with the restrictions, a lot of office workers are asked to work from home at the moment and do it via Zoom. So when, when the pandemic's lifted, I will be in an office. And I actually have to do a little bit of local traveling and visiting. Hey, once the, once the pandemic lifts or regulations lift, if I'm still out here, you need to come to Vegas with us. Yeah. I, I went to Vegas a few years ago because a friend of mine, um, I, I don't know if some of you guys will probably know him. If you, if you, uh, into rock music, a guitar player called Kerry Kelly. Yeah. Um, played for, uh, Alice. Yeah, he played for Alice for a while. He's now in a band called Night Ranger. Um, I went to, me and my wife went to Vegas and um, we went to his bar and he was actually doing a Night Ranger gig in Hawaii that night because we just couldn't, like I booked the trip and then he booked the tour and of course he's not going to not go, not go to work. So he just, he just kind of like sent a text to me saying, I'm really sorry, I, I'm, you know, I won't be there, but he he was cool. He was really cool. He, you know, he bought me a meal and stuff like that. And um, but anyway, so I went to Vegas a few years ago to visit his bar. And while I was there, I had a little bit of a look around. But the thing is, whilst I'll happily come and hang out, just bear in mind, I don't drink alcohol. I don't take drugs. I don't have enough money to gamble and I'm married. So there's really not a lot in Vegas for me. You're starting to sound like you're starting to sound like Aussie nowadays. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I'm pretty boring now. Yeah. But, oh no no no! It's the thing it, that, that's. Then you got to not... end it with like, why am I still alive? <laughs> I definitely don't sound like Aussie because you understood everything I said. Yes. Well, <laughs> I was always told that the reason my Aussie talks like that is because he's from Birmingham, but you prove that's false. Well, <laughs> I'm no, I'm not from Birmingham. I'm not from Birmingham. I I live there. Well, I don't now, but I, do, I've been living there for the last few years, but I'm, I'm not from there. I'm from further east. So do people that live, let's break this myth right now. Do people that's from Birmingham talk like Aussie? Uh, to an extent. I mean, his is very emphasized because he's so like spaced, yeah. but the, his, his accent is a Birmingham accent, but it's a very muddled Birmingham accent. Because right. I've always I'm, been told that people from Birmingham talk like that, like with the stutter and everything. Uh, no, 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 not the stutter. Not the stutter, but but the general, the general like shape of the words and stuff like that is is very Birmingham. Um, 
I'm trying to think of another celebrity who who has like a more Birmingham accent. But yeah, but just Google it. Just Google Birmingham accent and see what one is. Yeah, Iomi. has got quite a soft Birmingham accent. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a Birmingham, but it's but it's not quite as harsh as a geezer butler. Geezer butler probably has. Yeah, his is like not as bad. (laughs) But it was nice talking to you, Dave. Yeah, it's been great being here. Thanks for having me, especially for so long. We need to bring you back on, but damn, every time we talk, we go like we're going for the record. <laughs> it was nice talking to you. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even announce the thing I was going to announce today. That's the announce crazy it. Thing. Announce it. This, this is kind of a semi-announcement. Uh, me and Scotty Hagen, who some of you will know as Bellachi Records, Belly Eight Records, uh, we are currently working on doing a podcast. Oh, nice. Join us. Join our world. Well, that's the thing, you know, and because um, we both kind of enjoy them, but we, it took us a long time to work out what we'd even do a podcast on because there's already so many good podcasts. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to, um, I would want to just do the same as everyone else. So, like, I don't want to do a rock interviews podcast because Ryan does that and he does that really well. Mm-hmm. Voice It Show are doing that. They're doing it really well. There's so many people out there. So, me and Scotty got talking one night and we both said, there's something we'd like to be involved in a podcast, but we wouldn't, we couldn't think of a reason. And then we talked a bit more and a bit more and a bit more and, and we have decided. So it's, um, it's, it's definitely on the cards. It's definitely on the cards. It's, I can't say when we'll start cause we don't know yet, but we're hoping maybe end of April. We, uh, <laughs> you're going to have to do something like, cause he works at a record comp shop. You worked at a guitar shop. You're going to have to t- tell stories from the, from the well, shop. He, his, his record shop is also guitars as well. Um, but basically I can tell you what it is. It's going to be basically pop culture. So I've just made Scotty watch all of the walking dead that he's missed. So we can talk about that. Um, talking about like Mandalorian, it's basically going to be nerd stuff, just nerd stuff. So you know, collectibles. Well, if you ever want to nerd, if you ever, if you ever want a uh, guest on there to nerd out with, yeah, <laughs> I'm already ahead of you, man. You're on the list. <laughs> so, so one of the things we want to do is we're not going to have guests in the sense that we book um, celebrity yeah. guests to interview them. Just friends. But, but, but we do want to have people on to just join the panel and um, and just commentate with us. So, you know, so yeah, so you are actually one of the people I thought we should get. We should get Mike on for a. Uh, for uh, yeah exactly so so when we do because we're going to do loads of star wars when we do a star wars discussion maybe you come on you know yep i i'm loaded i, I am an angry little nerd when it comes to star wars especially like what what disney did okay i can go on a huge discussion but i'm just gonna shorten one it. yeah one thing one thing is we are going to try and keep it positive not not that you can't criticize <laughs> Because trust me, we will. But when it gets to the point where no one's having fun and it's just like a brand, it's like, mm, you know. Oh, I, mean? well, I get what you're saying. Let's but, let's keep, yeah. But what, I I just don't get why Disney, when they bought it, they said nothing's canon anymore. Like, yeah, I'm a big extended universe fan. Um, yeah, yeah, to be honest, I'm getting the hook as well. So. Okay. <laughs> But, um, uh, but yeah, I'm a big extended universe fan. So, you know, but from a business point of view, I totally get why they did it. So I'll live, you know, and, here's a, and, and them doing that whole thing and making it all not canon. It doesn't erase those things. I've still got all the books on my bookshelf. I can still disappear into that world whenever I want. I just, 
you know. It's... Well, here's something I'm going to leave you at because I, I think you would appreciate this little hindsight. Disney claims this isn't canon, but there was a comic book that came out before Rise of Skywalker that Disney approved on where it pretty much said that Palpatine is Ray. No, Palpatine is uh, Anakin's father, which would mean that that kiss between Kylo Ren and Ray was yet another ancestral kiss. I've seen the panel you mean where he's like, because he's not technically Anakin's father. The whole idea is that he manipulated the force around Shmi Skywalker to yeah. make her pregnant. Yeah. So yeah, father in the loosest sense. Yeah, it's just weird. But it was nice talking to you. Go get food because we're going to get food too. It's like father in yeah, the man. biblical sense. Father in the biblical sense. In, in, in well, the Jew sense. <laughs> well, Star Wars has a lot of biblical stuff and yeah. politics. and. But right, it, was, it was nice talking to you. We're going to get some food. You get some food. Send me a message later if you're around. Yeah, man. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. You too. Remember, live long, rock hard. It was nice talking to you. Have a good day.